Hello, folks. Welcome to the Spirit of Fire podcast for September 22nd, 2013. This promises to be a long podcast. We may actually end up having to split it in two because we took a week off due to last weekend uh, I having a uh, halo land here in Pittsburgh. Uh, Zach, unfortunately, is not with us. He got called into work uh, for some emergency stuff. So this week, it's just myself and Martin. Uh, Martin, you want to say hello there? Hey, guys. How's it going? Thanks for having me. <laughs> what do you mean, thanks for having you? You're a co-host, man. Shoot. <laughs> but uh, this is Sal, by the way. I don't think last week I mentioned my name. But uh, anyways, this is Sal. For those of you that don't know me, I am Halo Fan for Life, and I'm the owner of HaloFanForLife.com. And uh, Martin, uh, he has uh, the Halo Opinion on Twitter. And uh, like I said, he's my co-host as well. And uh, we might as well just go ahead and get right into it because we have a lot of information. Okay there, Martin? Let's do it. Okay. All right, so <clears throat> we're going to talk about the week in Halo, but since we uh, missed last week, it's going to be two weeks worth, but again, because of the amount of material, we may split this into two. So first things cool. first, uh, we have, uh, I posted on uh, the 10th of uh, September a, a video for a, uh, a heavy metal guitarist uh, playing Halo, and uh, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that, Martin, but the guy does some really uh, great work there on his interpretation of, uh, of Halo in, uh, in like a heavy metal theme. Did you have a chance to listen to that? I did, mate. Yeah, I got it off your blog. It was unreal. Yeah, yeah. In fact, let me... Uh, I'm going to try and play a little bit of it. Uh, hopefully we don't get this stupid YouTube commercial. Uh, of course we would. Ha <laughs> So, hold on a second. Let me bypass that uh, as quickly as I can. You know, I really hate uh, commercials and YouTube, but I found that they're a necessary evil, unfortunately, because... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I... In fact, I didn't put this in the itinerary, but I'll mention it now. I have finally started to monetize my videos uh on youtube from uh from the blog they're mostly right now just uh videos of the halo mega blocks reviews that i do but i'll have more stuff that i'll be putting up as time goes on uh but in order to monetize them that's where you have to add the ads into them that's how they get their money and then that's how you can get your money so i have no idea i don't i don't really have any high expectations for money from youtube we'll see um, but you know, I just figured I'd try it out and just see what happens. If people tell me that they don't like the ads then I'll just stop monetizing. Cause you know, I hear you don't make a ton of money unless you put a crap ton of stuff up there. So we'll see. And like I say, it's just kind of an experiment for me to see how it goes. But anyways, here is part of that, uh, that heavy metal, um, video. Now it might not come through as clearly in the podcast, so I definitely suggest uh, checking it out. You can find the link through my blog. Again, that was posted on 910. Let me turn this up a little here. Thank you. 
it goes on for about four more minutes. Uh, believe me, it is totally <laughs> worth listening to. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, uh, it kind of gave me a little bit of chills. You know, brought back uh, the music from uh, uh, good old Marty there back in the bungee days, and uh, to hear it in the heavy metal theme. You know, uh, a lot of the music that we used to get in the classic trilogy uh, did have some of that uh, kind of feeling to it. So this guy added more to it. And uh, and I just really like the video. I, I think that you know it sounds great, uh, and just enjoyed it. What do you say, Martin? You know, I mean, you know, as soon as you started playing it, it just reminded me back in the days. Definitely. Yeah, pretty awesome. <laughs> okay, so uh, <clears throat> the next thing again, also posted on the tenth, we uh, we finally got some Halo Ricochet Avatar items. Uh, they're available on the Xbox Marketplace. This includes all four of the armors that came with the Champions Bundle Pack, uh, those being ODST, Mark V, Prefect, and, of course, the Ricochet Armor. As well, there is also a Ricochet Ball uh, that you can get as a prop. Uh, I actually did buy the ball. Um, I don't think I'm using it right now, but uh, I had to get that. I thought it looked pretty cool, and I'm sure that there are people out there that wanted ODST armor as well as the Mark V armor, so... Uh, uh, you know, I, I thought that was pretty good that they uh, they came out with that pretty quickly after the release of the uh, of uh, the game type and the uh, champions bundle. Did you happen to pick up anything from that? No, I didn't, man. I'm pretty pretty poor at the moment. Would have been would have been <laughs> cool if they uh, had it bundled it in with the with the champions bundle. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you could have got a code or something for for something there, that would have cost more money though. And I think they were just trying to keep keep that down i mean really why would it cost more money because it's just a digital item but you know it, it's microsoft <laughs> okay they, they, they want to make a billion dollars <laughs> yeah yeah you know there's something that made a billion dollars this past week here but uh, we'll get to that later in the uh, podcast yeah definitely, definitely. <laughs> so moving right along here uh to go along with uh ricochet uh, there is, uh, and I posted this on the 11th of, uh, September, uh, the Ricochet multi-team game type, uh, was released by, uh, 343, and if you go into Halo Waypoint, uh, I got this online on Halo Waypoint, uh, you can find it there, uh, you can, of course, you can always go onto my site, uh, look for, uh, the listing in September the 11th, uh, where you can download the, uh, the multi-team game type of Ricochet. Um, I did download this and I tried this on one of my maps that I had set up for multi-team and it didn't quite work as expected. Uh, I had red and blue goals set up, but apparently, and I'll have to go back in and try this out again, but it seems as if the goal is, uh, there's just like one goal and Everybody tries to throw into that goal, so it didn't quite work the way I wanted it to. The way I had my map set up was that I had a red and a blue team and I had a gold team, and the gold team actually was in a um, in a spectator, spectator area, so they couldn't actually interact with the game, but this way they got to watch the game. Uh, and I did that just so you know we could have people actually watch when uh, when the Halo Ricochet League gets going and uh, you know we have additional people that want to come in. Maybe I, I want to have some people that will referee the game. They will do that from the third team's perspective. So I'm going to have to work with that a little bit to see if I can get that working. Good. But, uh, yeah, Good. I look forward to seeing that in multi-team, but as yet I've not seen it in the playlist. <clears throat> yeah, no, another one. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, next thing, and we're moving right along, folks, so apologies if we're ripping through some of these things, but we really do have a lot to go over since it's two weeks' worth of information. Uh, next thing up here uh, are uh, related posts. It's um, the Halo Initiation uh, Issue 2 comic book uh, came out, and uh, 343 via Halo Waypoint uh, released some uh, concept images that show uh, some of the pages from concept to final art uh, with them. And uh, those of you that have followed me on the blog for some time uh, know that I love concept art. So this is one of those things that I definitely uh, love to feature. And then next, right behind that, uh, they also released uh, the first six pages as well as the cover with the text bubbles in them. And uh, uh, they look pretty good. I, uh, I, I like the art. I think the art in... Uh, initiation two is a little better than the first one. Um, and I did go and pick that up. Um, uh, and in fact, on top of that, I'll mention this a little later again, but, uh, there's a code that comes with each of these. And, uh, when you register with darkhorse.com, you can redeem this code to get a digital version of the comic book. So you'll always have that, that comic book, in a sense, unless they ever, for whatever reason, take it down, which hopefully they never will. Um, but uh, you'll have that, uh, as well as the hard, co uh, hard copy version of it, too. Um, I'll come back to that momentarily. There's, uh, I made a deal with Dark Horse regarding those codes, but again, I'll get back to that. Have you had a chance, or have you bought any of those, Martin? No, mate, the shipping kills me. Oh, <laughs> so that's I, true. I don't tend to give them a... I'll probably end up, um, we've got a couple of comic book, book stores in Perth, uh, Australia, so yeah, I'll, I'll try and get down there and see, see if they can uh, ship them in. I don't mean they might pick one up then. <laughs> oh, your, your mic's coming through a little choppy. Say something again real quick, man. Yeah, I was, I was just Woo! saying, yeah. Um, was... Go ahead. Hello. Hmm. Well, looks like we're having a little technical difficulties again. Uh, I'm going to pause this a moment, folks. Yeah, we... we... Oh, wait. Are you there, Martin? Yeah, mate. I'm here. Okay. I'm here. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, I was just saying, the, uh, probably end up cutting out the middleman and uh, getting the, going to a comic, comic book store in Perth and hopefully yeah. they can pay shipping and I'll get it that way. <laughs> yeah, that's something I highly recommend. I did buy mine from... Uh, uh, local comic book store as well. Um, I personally prefer to give my business to local businesses whenever I can because it helps your local economy. So that's something that I highly recommend, certainly when it comes to comic books, to go and find uh, you know your local comic book store and buy it from there. You never know. You might find some other gems there too, whether it's more Halo stuff or other things. Uh, but yeah, that's something I definitely recommend. Uh, and like I say, I'm enjoying this. The series is only three uh, issues long, so not very long, and thank goodness Dark Horse has something Halo-related uh, beyond this coming up, which we will come to very shortly. Uh, but in the meantime, let's get to the next section, uh, which is... Uh, sorry about that. Uh, which is uh, the Halo Bulletin that came out on the 11th. Uh, we have some a few things, just a couple things to go over. Uh, for one, they consolidated uh, some of the playlists and uh, in doing so, unfortunately, they did not bring back Team Objective, which 
really bums me out. There's no 4v4 team objective in this, and that's something that's sorely needed. Uh, they kept Capture the Flag as a 5v5 playlist, but um, you're not going to find Oddball, you're not going to find King the Hill, you're not going to find Regicide. Uh, those have all gone away. In fact, the only way that you're going to get those is in uh, the rotational playlist. In fact, you're not even going to get Regicide in that, which really bums me out. I have an ulterior uh, reason for that, or an alternate reason for that, and that's that um, I really want to get the emblem for getting the Regicide uh, playlist mastered, uh, because that emblem is the same emblem that Majestic uh, Fireteam Majestic uses in Spartan Ops, and I need to have that emblem for the web series that I'll be uh, starting up uh, next month. But anyways, so this consolidation... What it did was it took Big Team Battle, or rather Big Team Slayer, and combined that with Big Team Skirmish, so now that you have uh, Big Team Battle, which I don't mind that so much. Um, you have an opportunity to vote, you know, whether you're going to play Slayer uh, or, uh, or uh, objective-type games. So I really don't have a problem with that. I'm actually uh, okay with that. Uh, again, you do have Capture the Flag, which is a popular, in fact, the most popular objective playlist in Halo 4 at the moment, but... In doing that, like I mentioned, they, uh, and when I say they, I mean 343, has kind of tossed aside the other objective playlists, uh, which kind of bums me out. You do have Infinity Slayer, uh, but it's being renamed to Team Slayer, and here's the unfortunate thing about it. They made Majestic Map Pack mandatory for playing Team Slayer. Uh, now, you have the Majestic Map Pack? Martin, you have it, yeah, right? Yeah, of course, mate. Of course, okay. yeah, definitely. So here's the issue that I have with this. They're trying to consolidate. They're trying to get more people into each individual playlist by consolidating the playlist. But by making Majestic mandatory, they've actually done the reverse for that particular playlist. It used to be that the population for Infinity Slayer, now Team Slayer, was roughly half the amount that it was for Big Team Battle. Now, yes, they have combined, uh, you know, Big Team Slayer and Big Team Skirmish together, but even then, you would figure that Team Slayer would still be roughly around half. It's not. We're lucky now if we're seeing maybe 10 to 15% of the amount of players in Team Slayer versus Big Team, and that's bad, and that can only be attributed to Majestic being mandatory now, because otherwise, there really wasn't any major shifts in it that would have changed Team Slayer to make people leave it. Only making Majestic mandatory is what, that's the only thing I can see that makes it make sense that it, it lost the population. Instead of doing that, I don't know about you, Martin, but instead of doing that, I would have rather have seen an all-DLC playlist that if you have the DLC map packs, you can go to that one and know you're going to have a chance to play uh, the DLC. What do you think? Yeah, oh, 100%. I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of mind-boggling in, in terms of that's the easiest solution. Like why, why, go, why go this much effort when... Clearly, people are still trying to get combinations and armor pieces, right? And and, and emblems and symbols and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I just really feel like they took a step back with Infinity Slayer there uh, by making uh, Majestic mandatory. It's just um, it really hurt that playlist, and uh, it, that's unfortunate because that's one of my uh, go-to uh, playlists. You know, um, I like playing. It. In fact, last night. 
I had a buddy of mine from uh, from Canada who I used to play with quite regularly, and I uh, finally had a chance to uh, game with him a little last night, and we couldn't play Team Slayer because he, well, this is a long story for him, which I won't go into, but he doesn't have Majestic now. Um, and uh, his it, the basic story is his Xbox fried, and he had to transfer his... Uh, his uh, profile over to another Xbox, but he didn't transfer the license over. So he only has his profile, but he doesn't have the map pack. So he can't play Team Slayer, which stinks because he's really good at playing it. And it's just fun to play with him in Slayer uh, game types. So we ended up having to play Ricochet, which I don't mind. You know, you guys know I love Ricochet and uh, an action sack. But, you know, why limit uh, the possibilities for players to play in a playlist that was very active, you know, and they just kind of shot themselves in the foot on that one. Um, I think, I think, um, I think we spoke about it on the last podcast. It's really strange. We still don't know why the massive push for this, for the, um, for the consolidation, Like, there's got to be a reason there. I mean, despite Jack trying to get everyone into like more vanilla, um, playlists at a time, we still don't know what what's pushing this behind it. Like, yeah. Could it be an update that's coming out that has more Spartan ops? Well, we hope uh, so, but no, that's doubtful now. Yeah, I I really just think that it boils down to they felt that there was too many playlists that were watering down each individual playlist. So by consolidating it, uh, you know, you you're bringing in. Like with Big Team, it worked for Big Team because you're bringing in everybody that played BTB Slayer and BTB Skirmish. Since they were two playlists, you bring them together into one. And that worked. But for these other playlists, you know, with the restrictions they've done, uh, again, with Infinity Slayer, the fact that they took away King of the Hill, Oddball, uh, and so on, um, you know. Oh, oh, and now, multi-team is also going to go away. Okay, hold on oh, a second wow. here. What the fuck? Okay, multi-team going away? That's a popular playlist, even if it doesn't seem like it has a ton of players, you know, all the time. Okay, there's yeah. two things wrong here. Multi-team is usually pretty fun to play. It can be chaotic, but that's part of the fun of it. But this is an issue that I've had with Halo 4's multi-team, is that it's six teams of two versus four teams of three. The four teams of three were just so much more fun. Plus the fact that there is no three person or three, three person team playlist there. You've got doubles for two person. You've got team slayer, action sack, SWAT snipers of, of, you know, just a whole bunch for four V four. And you've got capture the flag for five V five dominion, which by the way is going away, which pisses me off. Uh, but that's a six v six, and then big team is eight v eight. But there's nothing nothing for three four or three v three, and they could easily switch multi team to three v three. I don't know why they refuse to do it. Not isn't so much. It, Go ahead. Go ahead. Isn't it, isn't it sad how all the things are pushing pre launch for Halo Four that were the big ticket items like Dominion and uh, Infinity Slayer and all the new things now they're suddenly Changing that and going, okay, we're just going to yeah. put them in rotational playlists. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's kind of contradictory to what they're aiming for before it came out. Yeah, like yeah. I find, I, I, you know, I hate to say, it, but it, it just seems like they didn't, you know, that they've they've lost sight of some things, and you know, 
really, they should be trying to keep Dominion in the spotlight. Uh, Extraction, you almost never see, and that was another game type they, they created. Now, both Dominion and Extraction are kind of variants, sort of, of... Um, of like land grab or territory, uh, territories just with different names and a little bit different attributes, but they still kind of are, but they are their versions of it. So why wouldn't 343 want to keep those in there? Personally, I would love to see Dominion and Extraction go to big team. Why not make those be 8v8? I'd love to see an 8v8 Dominion, you know, and here's the thing. Dominion as a playlist has commendations attached to it. By making it a rotational playlist, those people that were trying to get those commendations done are going to have a hell of a time trying to get those done now if it becomes rotational. Now, I'll be honest. I literally just finished my Dominion Mastery yesterday, and I'm very happy yeah. I'm, I've got it because now I don't have to worry about it. But for all those other folks that love playing Dominion um, or that are just trying to grind it out for the commendations... It's going to be a real bitch. It really is, you know. Like you and I, we we played Dominion. How much? You know, we played a lot of Dominion. Oh, heaps. You know, heaps. In fact, I I checked. I my, it, go ahead, go ahead. I think it's just so frustrating. They're being so contradict contradictory on everything that they're doing at the moment. It's frustrating as hell. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I'm glad I mastered it. I checked my uh, my stats. Uh, for Dominion, and uh, turns out I'm actually 75th in the world for uh, the placement in Dominion, which pretty happy about it. I didn't realize that I had cracked uh, the top 100, and so at the moment being 75, I was, uh, you know, when I checked it, I was pretty happy with that. So the thing is, now that I've mastered it, uh, I'll be moving on. <laughs> I'll, I'll be looking to play other playlists. You know, whenever we get six people, I'll probably now be suggesting, hey, let's do big team. You know, and um, so hopefully people won't mind switching over to that. <laughs> but yeah, um, now the good thing about the rotational playlist, though, is that we finally will get uh, variants of race and rocket race, uh, and that's going to be fun. I'm glad to see rocket race come back. Uh, it is going to have mongoose in it now. So the good thing there is for those that are trying to get the commendations for mongoose kills. Uh, you should be able to do it here, and I'm very happy for that because I don't know about you, Martin, but that one of all the vehicles is the one that I have the least of, and then the Scorpion being next, which that's a whole other story. But, you know, at least this opportunity to to get your Mongoose commendations up there uh, is finally going to be available. Now, the deal with the rotational playlist is that they're for two weeks, so whenever Rocket Race comes out, and right now they have it scheduled for uh, the week of Christmas this year, starting off on uh, December 23rd. So for those two weeks, you better play the shit out of Rocket Race because we don't know. After that, it's not listed as to if they're going to go back to the start and uh, and play them over again, you know. Uh, so we don't know what's going to happen here. I think I have a feeling that they're going to evaluate uh, the populations of those playlists during those two weeks to see if they want to integrate them into other playlists or make it its own playlist or do something else with it. My hopes are that we will see King of the Hill and Oddball uh, folded in with Capture the Hill into a team objective playlist. We'll see multi-team become uh, six, or sorry, four teams of three um, 
and uh, that race, uh, or if it doesn't do that, that if it stays six teams of two, then it will also include rocket race in there so that, uh, you know, we can, uh, we can have that as a, uh, as an option too. Uh, uh, so that's pretty much it, I believe. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Uh, and then also the last thing for that week's, uh, Halo Bulletin is that for Spartan Ops, they've added three, uh, skulls to it now. So you've got Grunt Birthday Party, I Would Have Been Your Daddy, and Mythic Skulls. Now, I don't know about you, Martin, have you played, uh, Spartan Ops in the last, uh, two weeks? No, I haven't, mate. I haven't. Uh, I do. I do plan on playing with the grand birthday skull. Yeah. Skulls. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you have issues when you're playing with uh, folks outside of Australia. There, it's unfortunate because I'd love the chance to play with you. But I know you say, uh, with regards to Spartan Ops, you get a ton of lag when you're playing with uh, people from overseas. But um, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, but uh, so I have played it, and uh, and it is fun to have that grunt birthday party in there. Uh, to be honest, I haven't noticed any differences with the "I would have been your daddy" skull. And for those of you that are unfamiliar with that skull, that is where the dialogue is changed. Now, if there yeah. is a change in dialogue, I would have to guess it's probably the RVB Easter eggs. But again, I haven't heard anything different so i don't know what that may have activated and i kind of wish 343 would have been a bit more specific there the one skull though that has really made a significant impact is mythic that definitely has uh, upped the uh the difficulty level um i mean spartan ops is still pretty easy but with mythic on uh even playing with a couple other people uh it has definitely become harder to play uh without dying that is uh, granted, you know, you, you die, you just spawn back in. So it's really not a, a super huge challenge. But if you do want to challenge yourself, uh, play it solo uh, through, uh, um, you, you don't, obviously you don't want to do it matchmaking because you're going to get matched up with other people. But play it solo now uh, because those skulls are activated. And uh, you will have, uh, if you play it on Legendary, the Mythic Skull will be activated. And it definitely is a lot harder. Uh, see if you can make it through those missions now without dying. That uh, is quite a challenge. Um, just go ahead. Just one more thing. On, just one more thing in regards to the the consult, the selecting of uh, playlists. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad that you know we're entering into the end of the tenth month since launch, and they're already doing all the all this playlist changing and rotational again, considering that. You know, they reach Halo 3. They only consolidated the, the playlist right at the end, like yeah. of their last cycle, which is two years. Right, right. Well, yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is disappointing, you know. And there's a couple of things that point to that. You know, obviously, the population of Halo 4 has dropped a bit. Uh, but you also have to take into account now that the Xbox One will be coming out in just a couple months. Sure. So we're going to lose sure. population there. Uh, the next Call of Duty title is coming out as well at the beginning of November, so we'll likely lose some population there. Uh, other games have or will be coming out that have taken away from the population. For instance, Grand Theft Auto V, which we'll mention later again, uh, you know, has definitely had an impact, uh, at least from my experience. Uh, half the people that are on my uh, friends list that are playing are playing GTA Five now, whereas the good majority of them before were playing Halo. So you've got all these different things that are kind of hitting the population that 
343 had to find some way to, at least by consolidating them, getting, getting more people to play in the fewer playlists as opposed to having it watered down and then having people have a hard time finding matches. So I do kind of understand it, but it's a shame that it's necessary. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, woo, next thing here. Wow, we still have so much more to go. <laughs> uh, here's a very <laughs> cool piece of news uh, that I found out about. Uh, Microsoft uh, is developing an app for their phones uh, that is basically in direct competition with Siri. Uh, they are creating, a, Microsoft is creating uh, an application that will have Cortana. Uh, as uh, the voice of their uh, their phone. So if you have a phone that has Siri built into it, you know, you know, whenever you ask the phone, you know, well, for instance, like, you know, what's the weather like? Uh, or, you know, um, what's the directions to a place? Or whatever you ask it, you know, Siri will answer you. Well, now Microsoft uh, is planning uh, to have this for their phones using Cortana's voice. And you'd have to assume that it would be Jen Taylor doing that. I got to tell you, you know, what's that? I'm saying it better be Gentile's voice. (laughs) Yeah, right. Because if it's not, it's not Cortana to me. But um, I have to tell you that I wasn't considering a Microsoft phone before. Uh, You know, the only reason I would have got it would have been for Spartan Ops, or I'm sorry, Spartan Assault. But, you know, to get a phone costing that much for an $8 app or $7 app just wasn't worth it to me. But now, if they have Cortana... Uh, as a voice, you know, oh, that most definitely sways me to getting this now. Because if I get a uh, a Windows 8 phone that I can have Cortana and be able to play Spartan Assault, then it makes it worth it to me. So that's something that I will uh, look to the next time I'm able to get a, a phone upgrade. Uh, if I can get a Windows 8 phone and have those other two things bundled in with it. Uh, what do you think? You uh, considering that? Oh man, I've, I've I've got an iPhone five, and I think I'd just buy that phone just to have, <laughs> yeah. just to have like um, I'm gonna even connect it to like the internet. I'd, I'd uh, just have it there, just just to play with. Yeah, That'd right, cool. <laughs> right, okay. All right, uh, next up, uh, Halo Four uh, is up for numerous Golden Joystick Awards, and uh, I'm not sure if the voting is still going on. In fact. I will check that link right now since I have it up here. Uh, yeah, it looks like you can still vote. Uh, if you go to my site, the listing is under, it's in uh, September 13th uh, postings. Uh, but um, So Halo 4 is up for the following awards for the Golden Joystick Awards. Uh, best Storytelling, Best Multiplayer, Best Visual Design, Best Moment, Studio of the Year, and Game of the Year. Now, of course, with me being a Halo fan for life, I voted all of those for Halo 4, uh, but you're welcome to vote however you deem uh, necessary. Uh, I'll be honest, a couple of the ones that I voted for were kind of like, it was more out of obligation than me really feeling that it was deserving. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to I don't want to knock the game. You know, I personally want to see Halo live and thrive and, and just get better. And the only way to really do that 
Uh, well, not the only way, but one of the ways to do that is to support the game and the franchise uh, wherever you can. And this is one of those instances where, where I, I did that, even though some of my choices I felt were more as an obligation as to what I felt was right or real. Uh, but um, so, again, you go ahead and check that out. Uh, you know, vote for whomever you want. But let's uh, hope that since you're listening to this podcast, that you're, uh, you're a Halo fan as well, and you'll vote for Halo 4. <clears throat> okay, uh, next thing here. I don't know if you had a chance to uh, see this interview, but uh, there was an interview done with I Got Your Pistola, who was the uh, runner-up in the Halo 4 Global Championship. Did you see that video, Martin? I don't know yet. No, it was good. It was very good. Yeah, it was done with, by his local uh, uh, news affiliate, and I, and I have to say... Uh, I've I've only known about I Got Your Pistola for, well, I've known about him for a while, but I really didn't know much of his backstory. Um, but I certainly learned more about him uh, uh, in the last, probably the last few months uh, leading up to the uh, Halo 4 Global Championship and uh, and seeing his uh, his demeanor during the championship and then watching this video afterwards. Uh, I have to say I have a newfound respect uh, or I should say more respect for for the young man now, uh, even than before. I always thought that, you know, he was a good player. Uh, he seemed to be uh, uh, very focused on his gameplay. But now you see that um, he's very sensible, uh, you know, with his money. By the way, he's got a very cool dad. You have to watch that video to see what I mean. His dad is very cool. He's a guy I'd actually like to meet and be able to talk to. Uh, but... Um, uh, it's a good interview. I definitely recommend you all uh, check it out. Uh, again, that's available through my website, uh, HaloFanForLife.com. Uh, so take a listen there. Uh, next thing here. Now, this is going to be uh, a good portion here. So um, this will probably be one of the bigger stories we're going to be talking about in this podcast. Uh, and this is about uh, the land that I had last week. This is uh, This will be the recap of the events that happened last weekend. Uh, it's unfortunate that Zach couldn't be with us because he actually was here for uh, for the LAN, and it was the second time I got to meet him in person. Uh, so, again, it's kind of unfortunate that he's not here, that he could relay his point of view uh, of the LAN. But, uh, and unfortunately, uh, Martin here was still swimming his way from Australia to uh, <laughs> the States and couldn't make it. <laughs> But, um, man, I tried, I tried. Ah, yeah, yeah, I know the shark stopped you. You said that, but uh, I'm not going to go into all of the details of the land because it's rather extensive and we really do have a lot to go over. But, uh, I'll say, I'll I'll just kind of quickly go over some of these things. Uh, Zach came to Pittsburgh the Friday of the land. Now, the land was held last Saturday, um, and uh, that was the 14th, and so he came in that Friday and uh, my wife and I uh, picked him up from the airport and checked him into his hotel. We took him up to a place called Mount Washington where he got to see uh, the overview of the city from uh, a mountain that's adjacent to the city. It was a very, it's a great view. Uh, we also went to a place called Permantes, which we ended up going uh, on the weekend. We ended up going Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And Permantes is, an, is a well-known uh, restaurant uh, establishment here in Pittsburgh uh, that they have uh, – they put – 
uh, meat and cheese on all their sandwiches, but they also pile on French fries and coleslaw. Now, that might seem strange to some, and there's a story behind that. Um, basically, it boils down to uh, the original store is in an area called the Strip District, and the Strip District is not strip clubs, okay? The Strip District is a strip area of... Uh, wholesale markets that had uh, truckers and trains that would come in, uh, offload their wares, and then these various places would sell them. Well, Permantes, a long time ago, figured out figured out that in order to be able to get these men, uh, you know, the truckers, the engineers, and so on, back to their jobs without them making them miss any of their meal, uh, they just piled the whole meal on the sandwich, and this way the guys could either eat it there or take it with them and not miss out on a whole meal. So that's the essential story of it. Uh, and so I took uh, I took Zach there. Uh, that Friday, and he had his first Permantes, and the thing is, is I had actually been talking this place up to him for about the last three years, and he had really been wanting to see it, so this is a good opportunity for us to uh, to finally do that. Um, then, let's see, okay, so we did a few other things that night, and then Saturday came, and the first thing we did before we did anything else, uh, after I picked him up from the uh, from the hotel, I took him to another restaurant, uh, in Pittsburgh here that's called the original Oyster House. And, uh, that was at 10 o'clock in the morning. And yes, believe it, believe it or not, folks, 10 o'clock in the morning is just fine to have oysters. Uh, in particular, the Oyster House has these really large, um, deep fried breaded oysters. Uh, in fact, the oyster is very small in comparison to the amount of breading that you get. Uh, it's another one of those things if you're ever in Pittsburgh to come and uh, come and visit. They've been around since 1870, so it's a uh, it's definitely uh, one of the oldest establishments here in Pittsburgh. All right, so let's get on to the land itself. Um, I had originally 26 people that had signed up for it. I did have a few late cancellations, unfortunately, and that kind of thing does happen. So it was expected to a point. Uh, but I was lucky enough that uh, of the 26, I still had 18 people that showed up, which considering I had only planned the land maybe six weeks prior, I think there's actually a pretty good turnout. Um, again, oh, yeah. again, yeah, yeah. I, I wish you could have been there for that, Martin. You would have seen, uh, I brought a lot of the collectibles that I had, uh, the, the McFarlane, uh, Master Chief versus Hunter statue, which was only 500 of those ever made. Uh, I brought several mega blocks, uh, Halo mega blocks sets. Um, I, I brought, uh, the McFarlane ODST drop pod set, uh, that has, uh, its action figure with it. Uh, so there was plenty of, uh, collectibles there. Oh, and I, I had the three foot tall, uh, foam fiberglass master chief statue as well. So there were a lot of things there that people could, uh, check out and, uh, you know, see what Halo has to offer beyond the video game. Um, but, uh, the start of the land itself, uh, beyond, uh, everybody kind of just introducing themselves. Uh, I started off with a free for all tournament. Uh, we had, uh, I believe it was four rounds of that, and we were very lucky in that Ghostiami, otherwise known as Eric Hewitt, uh, former uh, Halo Pro and uh, former Halo National Champion, uh, came to the uh, to the LAN event, and uh, Duststorm from Podtacular was also there as well. Uh, Duststorm streamed the event, uh, mostly the uh, the games, the free-for-all tournament, and uh, both of them commentated the games, which uh, was fantastic. For my first ever event, and only having uh, uh, planned it six weeks prior to be able to get both Duststorm and uh, and then Ghostiami to be there and commentate the games uh, was just something. Now I know you listened to uh, part of that, right, Martin? Yeah, man, that was awesome. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was great. You know, I was I was right there watching the games as they were going on, and literally sitting right behind uh, Ghostiami, just to his right behind, and um, and just got to listen to him commentate. So it was quite a thrill to be able to watch the competitive play and uh, and hear the commentating up close like that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I know people got a kick out of it. Uh, being able to watch uh, competitive Halo to, to a point. I mean, mind you, most of the people that were there were uh, not like pros, but uh, although the guy that won uh, is a semi-pro uh, or maybe pro, I'm not sure. But anyways, um, uh, it was quite fun. So after that, we had uh, pizza and drinks. And uh, and following that, uh, everybody else got the chance to just play uh, Halo at their leisure, however they wanted to do that, whether they played online against other people or just played against uh, other people in the LAN. And uh, it was quite a success. Uh, I gave away prizes for uh, first, second, and third place. Uh, those were Mega Block sets that were donated by Mega Brands. Uh, so I gave to the third place finisher, uh, he got a Night Ops Gosshog. Second place got a, a, um, an Anti Armor Cobra, which is a very cool set. And first place got one of each of those sets. So uh, it's very cool. And I do want to sincerely thank Mega Brands again for donating those prizes. Beyond that, they also donated 40 of the, uh, or I'm sorry, 40 or 45, well, one or the other. It was a lot, put it that way. It was a lot of the uh, the singular minifigure. <laughs> that's their convention-exclusive minifigure. And I was surprised and very happy to find that uh, they were donating those to my LAN event as well. So outside of San Diego Comic-Con and then New York Comic-Con, which is coming up, um, that I understand my LAN is the only other event that these have been available for. So that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool to find out. And again, thanks to them for uh, for donating uh, those prizes. Um, after the LAN, uh, this was the second time then going to Primantis. We, uh, I discussed it with several several other of the LAN goers, uh, and we decided that we were going to go to Primantis to enjoy the after land festivities. Ghostiami came, Dust Storm. Of course, Zach was there, my wife and I, and several of the other people that came, and we got to enjoy uh, Permanis again. Uh, Ghostiami hit on the waitress, which was quite funny. Uh, he, he, he'll probably say he wasn't hitting on her, but uh, it was funny. Uh, and it's funny enough that uh, the next morning, uh, my wife and I took Zach again to Permanis, this time to try a third, diff- a, a third sandwich. And she was there again, and she asked about... Oh, oh by the way, Ghostiami ordered the kielbasa sandwich uh, based on the waitress's recommendation. So when we went that Sunday morning, uh, she asked us, uh, you know, well, where was everybody at? And they, we told her, you know, when they went home, she's like, well, where's the kielbasa guy? So it was kind of funny that she was asking for Ghostiami. <laughs> but um, so, uh, but by all, uh, for all intents and purposes, the land was a success. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I actually didn't get to play any Halo at all. Uh, just trying to be a good host to everybody, meeting everybody, talking with as many people as I could, you know, more than one time if possible. Um, but it, that didn't matter to me. For me, uh, the fun was just having all those folks there, being able to provide uh, a place and an event for uh, those people that were local to come 
uh, and play Halo. The great thing was is that it wasn't just locals that came out. Well, Zach's from Chicago. I had three people come from West Virginia, two from Ohio, and then all over Pennsylvania. Uh, Ghost of the Army came from State College, which is in the, in the middle of the state. I had uh, another one come from Erie, which is in the uh, upper northwestern part of the state, and then all over the, the rest, of, rest of the area from Pittsburgh. So uh, it was really great to see the kind of turnout that we had uh, and you know just a wide range of where people were coming from as well. Um, quickly, now that was, that was pretty much the land and there's really a, a much bigger write up on the site. So please, you know, go check it out. There's a lot of pictures and all that. Um, but to go along what I was saying about mega blocks, I did do some, uh, toy reviews. Uh, one of which was the anti-armor Cobra, uh, not one of the ones that was given away. It was a different set, but, uh, I also did reviews for the brute battle unit and the ODST battle unit. And in fact, those ha also have videos with them. So you can find those on my site. Uh, if you go to the category section, you'll see the mega block section there. You can find them there. I also have uh, a YouTube channel, so you can look me up at uh, Halo fan for life. You should be able to find me that way. Uh, and of course you can also find that through the site as well. Um, I'd appreciate it if you do, by the way, and click on it. You know, uh, like I said, I just started monetizing these, so I'd appreciate it if you gave it a look and, uh, you know, wherever you want to go from there. Okay, Whew, that was a lot to talk about the land, and I got through it as quickly as possible. Uh, so, <laughs> did a good job. Yeah, I tried to. <laughs> um, so let's see, the next thing we have uh, is the Halo 4 matchmaking update. Now, this is different from the bulletin. Uh, in that this is specifically talking about just some of the updates uh, that were happening. And this was on the 16th of uh, September. And in particular, uh, some of the things were uh, Team Doubles got some uh, added maps. They now have uh, Pitfall, Onyx, Rail, Haven, Graphite, Skyline, Abandoned, and Simplex. And I think some of those were already there, but this is what uh, these are all the maps and some of the additional ones. Um, Legendary BRs came to uh, Team Doubles as well. I did get the chance to play. Uh, I mentioned my buddy from Canada uh, that I played with last night. We played a little bit of doubles, and we did get to play on uh, on Onyx uh, as well as Graphite. And uh, oh, I loved Graphite. I actually quite enjoyed it. Uh, it helped that we kind of you know tore ass on the other team, but you know it always helps. <laughs> you know, oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was quite fun, and, uh, you know, if you're looking for uh, some other maps that you might not have played before uh, or that might only be available in Team Throwdown, take a look at Team Doubles if you have only yourself and another uh, to get a look at some of those other maps. Uh, I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, Ricochet got uh, some updates to some of the maps. Uh, there is some new, um, uh, some new pieces now in place. For Solace and Solace has changed. Uh, it was going side to side for uh, for Ricochet, and now it's going uh, front to back. Where Sniper spawns, that's where each of the goals are now. And I actually prefer that. Uh, I was finding it to be very easy to throw the ball into the goal when it was going side to side. And although I prefer, you know, I don't mind playing easy games. Uh, a challenge once in a while is uh, is a good thing, and uh, it's become a little bit more ch challenging like that. So I actually prefer it to be the way it is now than it was before. Uh, one of the big changes that I'm very happy about is that the goal position on a drift has changed. It is no longer oh, awesome. yes, 
Yeah, yeah. This, see, you've been playing GT, GTA Five all week, so you missed some of this, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> yeah, no. But but uh, uh, adrift. The, yeah. the go ahead, go ahead. I say it's all. I was like, damn, I'm going to get back and play some ricochet. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So the the goals on a drift, they used to be uh, on the on the left. If you're, if you're looking from the base towards the main part of the map, uh, it used to be to the lift that was on the left-hand side. Now it's pretty much centered between those two areas on the main floor. Now that's almost where I would have wanted it because I actually wanted it on the catwalks just above that. But still, I prefer that it's you know that it's there instead of where it used to be because at least now when you jump over that one lift, you're not automatically scoring unless you get shot out of the air. Now you have to actually land, you know, and either throw it right away or you know try to run it in. So it's not like an automatic goal now. So I actually like that. Uh, it adds a little bit more of a challenge, I think, to doing that. So that's uh, that's a very happy change. The other thing is that there have been uh, three new maps. Well, kind of new maps that have been added, or I should say, they're new to Ricochet playlist. Uh, Simplex uh, has been added, and uh, the goal scores for that are under where Flag normally spawns for that map, and that's pretty cool. That's that's fun. Uh, Onyx is on there, and I finally got to play that uh, for the first time in Ricochet, uh, and uh, that was very enjoyable. Um, I think I played that. Oh, God, I did not. Do we do that? I think I guess we did play that four v four, and it almost feels like we played a two v two for some reason. I think it was because the other two players sucked. I don't know, but <laughs> um, <laughs> we didn't get the chance to play on a dispatch. But that's one of the other uh, maps that has been added to the Ricochet playlist. Um, uh, as I mentioned, uh, BTB is consolidated now. Uh, you'll find the skirmish game types in slot three in Big Team Battle. Uh, you'll find Infinity Slayer in slot one, uh, and that's where you get the ordnance drops, and then regular Team Slayer in slot two, and that's without the uh, without the drops. So you'll get an opportunity then to vote accordingly. Uh, hopefully, three four three will change those up once in a while. Um, you know, because I know personally, I prefer to play skirmish type of games. Uh, I've got plenty enough. Slayer games, you know, in I've mastered that a long time ago, and there's so many other playlists that you can play Slayer in. So, you know, hopefully they'll move Skirmish to one of the other slots to just give it more of an opportunity to be voted on. Um, let's see, beyond that, I mentioned about Ma uh, Majestic being mandatory. Um, and I think that's it for that update. Yeah, that was it for that update. Anything you want to add in there, Martin? No, mate. No, you got everything. It's okay. I, I'm sorry, man. I know I'm just rolling through here, man. If, if you if you have something to say, man, just chime in, brother. Uh, you know, I'm just rolling along here. <laughs> no, you're awesome, so Go ahead, brother. Okay. Um, all right. So the next thing then, I had mentioned earlier about uh, Dark Horse having uh, another comic book coming out. Uh, they have one now that uh, is coming out in, De in December, and it's called Halo Escalation. Uh, and what's cool about this is this is what happens after Requiem uh, with the Infinity, Sarah Palmer, uh, Captain Lasky, and so on. And what's great about this, there's two big things. One is the Arbiter Returns. Hey. Yes. 
You know, I know a lot of people wanted to see the Arbiter return. Some people were hoping for him to be in Halo 4 in some way, uh, and and unfortunately he wasn't. But in this comic book, he'll be returning. In fact, um, well, this is kind of a little bit of a spoiler, but it's not completely. I mean, it tells a little bit of the story. The, the basic outline of this is that uh, the Infinity... Well, we know the UNSC is uh, has a truce with the Arbiter, and so the Infinity uh, is brought in uh, as a, as an escort, as so to speak, uh, for the Arbiter uh, as a uh, for a diplomatic mission between the Arbiter and uh, a chieftain uh, from the Brutes. And that's the other part of this is that Brutes are returning back into Halo now as well, which. You know, I don't know about you, but personally, I really liked the Brutes, and I oh, missed yeah. them in Halo Four. You know, um, you know, because if you, if you're into the lore at all, you know there was the Great Schism, and you know uh, there was a big fight between the Brutes and the Elites because the Brutes had taken the place of the Elites with you know uh, when the Elites rebelled against the uh, Prophets, and so you know yeah. they, they had this big infighting, you know, and uh, so now it looks like the Arbiter is trying to. Uh, patch, you know, some things up with the Brutes. And I have to think about that, that if you've read the uh, the Kilo 5 trilogy, there's the first two books that are out, which is uh, Glasslands and then the Thursday War, uh, that we know of so far, it looks like the Arbiter's kind of getting his ass kicked by uh, Julam Dama and his group. So, you know, he's probably hurting. And so that's probably why he's looking to make some kind of a, a diplomatic relationship with the Brutes because he'll probably need their army to further combat Julem Dama, which, of course, the UNSC is also looking to do as well. Of course, the UNSC, or I should say more specifically, ONI, the Office of Naval Intelligence, there's some real bastards there. They're playing oh, all yeah. sides against each other, you know? Uh, they have no problem creating strife between the elites, you know, because they would rather them wipe each other out, you know. And so if they can help one side, you know, blast away some and then help the other side do the same thing, no problem. And they probably have their hands stuck in this in some way or another as well. I would have no doubt that we're going to see some kind of Oni uh, affiliation in here. And if we don't, I'd be surprised. But, you know, still, I, you got to think that Oni is in there somewhere. In fact, I hope that we get to see uh, Saren Osman who is now the admiral, uh, or I should say the commander-in-chief of Oni. Um, she she was, if you know the Kill of Five trilogy, she was the commander yeah. of, uh, of that unit. Um, but now she's the admiral uh, in charge of uh, Oni. I'd like to see her be in this, uh, in this series. Now, one last thing about this. Uh, I have this on my site. Uh, it looks to be the cover for uh, for the first issue, which shows the Infinity, uh, Palmer, and Lasky on it. But there's another image that shows uh, the Brute Chieftain. And what's funny about it is, when you look at that image, if you kind of think about it, that image almost looks like a warped version of the Didact. Uh, just the way that the teeth are, the way that the face is. And it has me thinking... What if, and this is a big what if, but what if the Brutes were a de-evolved version of Forerunners? Because think about their skin color, the way that they have, you know, uh, you know, the, the, the way that their faces are structured. 
they're they're huge. They're ten feet tall. Even though Three Forks Three, you know, has eliminated them basically, and in Halo Reach, Bungie made uh, the brutes the same size as the elites. We know them as to being bigger than elites. They're ten feet tall, and forerunners are huge. In fact, the didact yeah, himself is like eleven feet. Go ahead. I mean, if you look at the uh, the cinematics on Halo 4, the opening scene where Chief flips off that brute, he's clearly 10 foot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's massive. Right, right. So, you know, this is just one of those what-if things I'm throwing out there. I, I think that that would be a really cool story that brutes, that you know, that way back, the forerunners, in order to save some of their civilization, uh, that they de-evolved them so that, you know, now they became... The Jirohani, which is the real, you know, which is the brute's race name, um, you know, just like they de-evolved humans too. You know, humans what basically became like Neanderthals. You know, well, they could have done the same thing with brutes. You know, uh, or I should say, with themselves to make brutes, so that those, uh, you know, the brutes then uh, weren't affected by the halo array when it fired because they weren't of a certain sentient level, you know. They were essentially animalistic, you know. So, I don't know. It, that's just one of those things I'm throwing out there. I'd kind of like to see that. That would be an ironic twist then. Uh, instead of instead of humans being the ones to inherit the, the mantle from the Forerunners, what if the Brutes all of a sudden are found to be, you know, the devolved Forerunners, and they would then fight? For the mantle, that would just be something very strange and kind of cool. But that's really going off on a far off tangent. There, uh, we'll just see. We'll just have to see how this uh, how this new comic book plays out. Again, that comes out in um, in December, and I'm really looking forward to that. By the way, that uh, I'm going to kind of skip ahead on one part of this. Um, I did. Uh, I was able to make a uh, a little deal there with Dark Horse. Um, they have codes, as I mentioned before, about getting the digital versions of the comic books. And uh, because my two-year anniversary for HelloFanForLife.com is starting, uh, or, or rather is on the 24th, I asked them if they would be kind enough to supply a couple of codes for uh, for the site so that I could give them away. And, you know, I was hoping maybe they'd give me like maybe one set or two sets worth to give away on the site. And in fact, they gave me five sets of codes. So that's wow. been cool. Yeah. I, I was well more than I, you know, had hoped for. So, uh, I've already given away two of those. And, uh, in the days leading up to the 24th, I'll be doing a, a trivia question that pertains to the comic book and the heroine in, uh, uh, Spartan, uh, Sarah Palmer. Uh, the questions will be related to her in some way or another. So, um, uh, you know, that's that's part of it there. I just wanted to thank Dark Horse for uh, giving me those codes. Uh, and, uh, you know, you folks, uh, go ahead and participate in that. You have to be registered with the blog uh, in order to answer. Uh, you have to reply on the blog only, not through Twitter, not through Facebook. But uh, give it a shot. If you don't have the uh, comic book now, this is a good way to get it for free. Uh, and, again, in digital format. All right. So we'll move on to the next part here. Okay. So... Uh, earlier this week on the 18th, um, 343 of the, uh, Halo Waypoint, uh, released some, uh, some images of Fireteam Majestic. And in the first part, they released images of, uh, Paul DeMarco, Tedra Grant, and now we finally know the first name of Hoya. 
His name is Carlo, Carlo Hoya. So uh, it was kind of cool the way that they did this. The images, uh, the reason why they did this is that the Halo 4 Essential video, Visual Guide, I almost said Video Guide, <laughs> Visual Guide uh, <laughs> came out, and uh, this was kind of a way for, for 343 to promote the book. But what's strange is that the graphics that they showed are not the same graphics that are in the book. So I actually kind of like, I like these graphics actually a little better than what's in the book uh, because you get to see them outside of their armor as well, which you do see in Spartan Ops, but it kind of goes by so quickly. Uh, but, so here you have a nice stagnant pose of, of each one of those. It gives a little bit of information about each of them. Um, of these three that are listed, I'd say the one that you probably learn the most of is Hoya. Um, although you l learn a little bit about Tedra Grant, DeMarco, you don't really know, or you don't learn much more about him. He was already an asshole and you know, <laughs> he still is, you know, well, they say that he's brash and abrasive, but, um, to me that translates to asshole, but anyways, <laughs> um, so exactly. yeah. Uh, so later on and let me, I'm kind of moving ahead here as well. Uh, later on, uh, a couple of days later, they released the images for the other two, which are Madsen and Thorn. And we already know quite a bit about Thorn from Spartan Ops that, uh, you know, he, he joined, uh, the UNSC, uh, he became a Spartan, uh, partially in tribute to those that he lost in New Phoenix from the Didax attack, uh, in, you know, at the end of the Halo 4 campaign. Um, you know, but he's an all around good guy. But the, the one that interests me the most was Madsen. And the reason I bring this up is that uh, in this in the text blurb that they tell about Madsen, you find out that Madsen only became a Spartan uh, because his father and grandfather were generals in the Corps. Now, what's funny about that is that's what I thought. Miller, Spartan Miller, who was the handler for uh, Fireteam Majestic and for Crimson. That's what I thought he was going to be, that he would have been the guy that, you know, his parents or so on or somebody, you know, in his family got him into being a Spartan. But instead, it turns out that it's Madsen, which uh, that was kind of ironic, you know, but um, I kind of enjoyed reading that about him. Uh, so, you know, that was interesting. Yeah. And anything you want to add in there? No, I mean, no, it's uh, I'm enjoying what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> All right, so, oh, let's see. Well, we're, let's get back to Halo Initiation for a moment. Uh, so, uh, Halo Initiation uh, Issue 2 came out. Uh, I got it, and uh, I did a review on the site. Uh, I mentioned that uh, I think the artwork in Issue 2 uh, is a little better than Issue 1. So, I think that the uh, this series is moving in the, direct, in the right direction. Again, it's only three issues long, which it really ends up rushing this along, uh, you know, her origins. And in fact, that's very evident in this particular issue because you jump forward from, uh, from the end of issue one, uh, where she's in bed, uh, in a hospital bed after an attack, and she's still technically an ODST. She's been recruited to be a Spartan. And at the beginning of uh, issue two, you now see where she has gone through all of the medical procedures and so on to make her more uh, into a Spartan, you know, taller, stronger. Uh, her bones have been, uh, you know, plated and so on. Uh, and it really moves along quickly. 
Now, her, uh, Palmer and four other Spartans, um, having just had these surgeries, have to take on some Marines. And they're very awkward because, you know, they're still trying to get used to their bodies. So they essentially get their ass kicked, except that Palmer does finish the mission, but it's at the expense of the other four Spartans. And that's something that she learns not to do then. So this is a way that you kind of get some character development. But it's done in so few panels. It's just very... It's a, The pace of this comic book, this particular issue, is just very fast. Um, I don't want to ruin any more to it because there's some really important stuff that happens in this issue with regards to the UNSC Infinity. So I'm going to leave it at that for you folks to go out and get. Uh, I definitely recommend getting the series. If you haven't got the first book, try and find it. Um, and... Uh, and again, hey, uh, number two just came out, so try and get that. If you can't find them, get on my site and watch for those questions that come out, and you might be able to win a digital code for it. So, Awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next thing, then, is that my buddy, uh, who also happens to be named Sal, uh, he goes by the gamer tag of Penn's Halo, local fella, uh, he was, uh, he didn't get the chance to make the land, unfortunately, but he did come to Permanis afterwards. Uh, he gave me a, uh, a copy of Halo Spartan Assault soundtrack. And so I've had the opportunity to listen to that. Uh, uh do you have that, Martin? No, don't you, man? No, nothing left to order. Mm, okay. Well, it has an unbelievable amount of tracks on it. It actually has 27 tracks on it. Now, I will say that most of them hover around the two to two and a half minute range. So they do go by pretty quickly. Um, the, the soundtrack has a lot of recurring themes and there's, those are most evident by some very heavy drum beats as well as certain songs having, uh, like a choir that sings, uh, in the background and some of those notes that they sing, uh, transfer from one song to another. Like if it's not the same notes, they're very similar. So it, it actually brings some continuity to it. And I kind of like listening to it. Now the, for me, there wasn't any one particular track that was a breakout versus the other ones, though uh, I believe it was track number seven, which is called Wolverine's return. If you look that up on iTunes, you'll find that that's the one that is the highest rated. Um, but again, for me, I just listened to it from start to finish and I enjoyed each one of them for, uh, for different reasons. And I definitely invite you to come to my site and, uh, and look at the song by song review that I've done for each one of my, I give at least a sentence or two, if not more for each song, um, that, uh, that just tells you a little bit about maybe the music of it, the feeling of the song and so on. And, uh, and I definitely have to say that, uh, I recommend getting this. I've not played Spartan Assault yet, unfortunately. So when I reviewed this, I reviewed the songs just for the music themselves, not in relation to how they might have played out along with the missions in the game itself. So if my interpretation or my uh, my critique of the songs differs from how they play out in the game, just take that for what it's worth. Like I said, I only reviewed this for the actual music and not how it correlates with the game. Um, but still, I found it to be quite entertaining, so I highly recommend it. Awesome. 
You're just saying a couple words, man. I feel bad about that. <laughs> no, nah, man. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm fine, man. Don't worry about me. <laughs> All right. Oh, Ooh, pardon me. Oof, so much talking there. <laughs> All right. Now, this this <laughs> next thing that I'm going to talk about here, it's uh, I mentioned this just a, just a moment ago. It's the Halo 4 Essential Visual Guide, and I did a book review on it. Now, before I get into the nuts and bolts of the review, I want to say that after I did the review, I took the time the next day to think about what I had written, and I realized that I was maybe a little too critical in my review. Uh, and the reason I say that is, in the review itself, I kind of, I, I don't want to say I slammed it, slammed the book, but I was unhappy with the fact that there wasn't much in the way of new information. And I'm pretty well steeped in Halo lore, you know, so if you're like me and, uh, you know, you, you read all the books, you read the comics, you played all the campaigns and so on, you already know a lot that's going on. And especially with Halo 4, since this book is specific to that, uh, if you played it enough, you already know a lot of what's going on there. So there wasn't a whole lot of new stuff. Uh, but if you're somebody that's new to the franchise or you're kind of just like one of those Midland fans that really hasn't gotten into the lore so much, this is a good book. But as I was saying, I thought about it the next day and not that I'm retracting my statements, but I want to give you a different viewpoint here. When I thought about what the book has to offer and the title of the book, it's called the essential visual guide. So in that respect, what you get in the book is the essentials of the game. What I was thinking that we were going to get was a comprehensive visual guide as opposed to the essential visual guide. So what you're getting in the book real is the essentials. So you're getting essentially the book or the, the game in book format. Okay. It goes over the, um, uh, the different uh, multiplayer maps, the uh, Spartan ops, the characters, the ships, the weapons, you know, and on all that stuff. And that's all the essentials. Um, so, uh, like I said, when I thought about it, uh, the only thing that I'm going to say is that uh, when I reviewed it, I was expecting more out of the book because I thought it was going to be comprehensive and really it is more just of an essential thing. So the thing that I would hope for is that 343 will give us more uh, of, a, of a larger book, not just in... Uh, physical size as in width and height, but in pages as well, because this book was about 240 pages. That's including the, the index and the glossary. Uh, that might seem like a lot, but because this was a visual guide, there wasn't a ton of text in there. I hope that 343 will give us a more comprehensive book that will be larger in height and width as well. We'll have more pages to it, uh, and we'll go more into the detail of the different things. Let me give you an example. The UNSC Infinity is in here, but it's only given a two-page spread. That ship is the largest of any of the UNSC ships in the Halo universe, and it really does deserve to have more than just a two-page spread because what's given, what's given in the book is, um, is just very limiting, and that's kind of something I was hoping that we were going to see more of. In fact, pretty much all the entries in this book are either a one or two page spread, most of them being just a one page spread. So if you're looking to get really deep into the lore, this isn't a book for you. But if you want to get a book that has, you know, some great pictures in it, uh, some information that might be new to you, uh, and just to have it as a good quick reference guide, then this most definitely is a book for you to get. 
Uh, as a hardcore Halo fan, um, again, I didn't find a whole lot of new stuff, though there were a few things, but uh, it's still nice to have it, uh, like I said, even just as a reference guide. So, uh, like I say, I'm not retracting my full statement. I just want to say that uh, the review that I did um, uh, didn't quite look at it uh, from the correct viewpoint. I was thinking more of a comprehensive kind of a book versus essentials. So after thinking about it, again, uh, it's a good book to get for reference. If you're a new fan, get it. Uh, so uh, take that as you will. You can find that on uh, any of the major online retailers or your local bookstore. I happen to get this on Amazon. Uh, it retails for $16.99, and on Amazon I got it for $14. Uh, I was lucky enough that I got free shipping because I bought a couple other things as well to get free shipping for it. Um, what do you nice. think, Martin? You gonna get? Uh, you, you think I might get this or no? Yeah, man, I'm a definitely need it for my collection. I've got most mm-hmm. of the books. Yeah, if you're if you're a collector like I am, and, and Martin is as well, um, you definitely want to get the book. I mean, it's definitely something nice to have in your collection. So you know, I definitely would recommend it for that. Hey, um, just just off on a tangent, on the uh, on the Amazon site. Have you ever seen the uh, the Halo Three art book? It's, yes. At one stage, when I was when I was on the site, it was retailing brand new for about three hundred and fifty bucks. What? And I bought mine. I know, I, I know, brand new. That was about seven months ago. I'm not kidding. It was on Amazon. Yeah. And that was, you know, they got the the brand new price and then the new and used. Yeah. But yeah, no, I've, I haven't checked it lately. But I mean, I. I picked up that Halo 3 art book uh, by chance when Halo 3 first launched. But um, one of the game stores here actually had a few copies, so that was cool. But yeah, I was seeing if you knew anything about it because I've seen it around at some ridiculous prices because it's out of print apparently. Hmm. So wait, are you talking about the art of Halo 3? Uh, yeah, the art of Halo 3. The um, the prima. The, it's the prima official art book. Uh, no, not the Prima one. The 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 one that was done by my book. <laughs> uh, where is it? It was. I don't think it was. It was the hardcover. Um, like a little bit concept art. It wasn't. It wasn't the Prima one though. It was a. It, it's kind of like, more. It's more horizontal than it is vertical. That's it, man. Yeah, definitely. It's like it was like a um a coffee table book. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm I'm looking at it now on Amazon and it is selling for seventy five dollars. There you go. Sir. That's used. I don't know what that's used. New oh, wow, if you want to get it okay. if you want to get new it's hundred and eighty seven dollars. If you want to get it used, it's seventy five dollars. Thank you very uh, much. You've just spent some of my money <laughs> that I don't have. <laughs> oh you, you, you don't have that no, one? no, I couldn't afford to get it then at the time. Oh man, it's it's an awesome book. Like uh, uh, I, I you're a bastard, man. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I got I actually, I actually got two copies of it. I mean, I paid twenty five dollars for it at the time. Twenty five dollars. <laughs> the fact that it's yeah, holy shit, five bucks for that. Uh, can I buy one yeah, from you? So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Damn, man. If I if I if I had a copy, man, I'd give it to you. So that that's kind of my prize thing that I've got on my books. Yeah, at the yeah. Moment. I've, been, I've, been, I've been watching that price on that. At one stage, it was three fifty. Yeah, on Amazon. So That's crazy. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's. I think it's the most expensive 
Halo art book that there is still yeah. at the right. moment. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Cool. Oh, God. Now I'm going to have to get that. See? Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> That's all right. Sorry. No, no, no worries. No worries. No worries. <sighs> all right. Now that I've got my jaw off the floor, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on. We're actually doing pretty good here. All right. So the next thing then, yeah. we've got the Halo Bulletin from 918. We finally caught up to that. Thankfully, that's only a few days ago. Okay, yeah. so uh, with this, let me just get to this. Okay, um, with this bulletin, we find that there is a Ricochet Forge contest. Uh, that ends on the 8th of October, and uh, there are some, some pretty good prizes for this. Let me give you, I'm just going to tell you what's in the grand prize. You can go to either my site or to uh, Halo Waypoint and see what all the prizes are. But for the grand prize, you get an autographed Champions Bundle poster that's signed by Certain Affinity. Now, I'm lucky that my buddy uh, Duststorm from Podtacular, when he was at uh, Rooster Teeth Expo uh, back in, was it June, I believe? Yeah. Uh, he was able to get a hold of one of these posters for me, and he actually had several of them sign it. Uh, it wasn't just Certain Affinity. I think he also had, I think, Bravo and BS Angel and a couple of the others from 343 signed the poster as well. So I have it. But that poster is a really cool poster. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, you should try and get. Um, also, uh, you will get uh, an autographed uh, Halo 4 concept art by Certain Affinity. Uh, you okay there, Martin? Oh yeah, sorry. Jeez, I turned on the I turned on the Halo button and uh, I got a, a ad on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. That was random. Yeah. My goodness, sorry about that. No, no, no worries, no worries. Uh, so then after that, you also get a certain affinity T-shirt, and if it's the one that I'm thinking of, they've been promoting certain affinity has been promoting uh, this shirt that they have that's called. Uh, uh, I think it's, what is it, Kicking Ass and Making Games or something like that. I believe that's what it is. Uh, it's a very cool shirt. I've been trying like hell for the last couple of weeks to get one. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see. But anyway, so that's another thing. You also get an autographed Halo 4 Game of the Year edition that's signed by 343. Now, I mentioned in the last podcast that the Game of the Year edition is coming out uh, next month. So... Uh, if you win this, then you're going to get not just that edition, but it's signed by 343, which is pretty cool. That would probably be one of those things. If I were to win this, I probably wouldn't even open it then. I'd probably just leave it as is. Uh, you also get a Halo 4 t-shirt, uh, Rooster Teeth DVD, Rooster Teeth t-shirt, and a Rooster Teeth poster. So that's a, that's, that's a lot of cool little things there that you get as the grand prize. Uh, for the second and third place prizes, you basically get some of those things uh, from the grand prize. Uh, so this is worth doing. Uh, it is worth noting that uh, in order to submit a map, it has to be on uh, specific uh, maps within Halo 4. You can't just do it on, on any map. Uh, let me see if I can read this real quickly to find which ones. Mm, give me just a moment here. Usually I'm very well prepared, and this is one page I missed. Uh, you'd be submit you'd, you'd be submitting some into that wouldn't you so oh yeah I, I have four of them made but unfortunately one of the ones that I have made is only is on uh, erosion and they're not taking them for erosion um, Pepper Jack cheese. oh see uh, same thing for me 
Same thing for me. I got a stupid, <laughs> stupid ad. I don't want an ad. Okay, so you can submit maps, uh, ricochet maps, uh, for Forge Island, Ravine, and Impact. Those are the only maps that you can do them on. Thankfully, I do have uh, uh, three maps, one each for Forge Island, Ravine, and, uh, and Impact. Uh, I believe you, you played on the Forge Island and uh, Impact ones, right, Martin? Yeah, it was. Many of them very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, uh, yeah, so I'm hoping to submit those uh, to uh, to get chosen. And the cool thing is, is if, uh, if you're chosen in this, then uh, your map actually will get put into, uh, or may get put into, I should say, into matchmaking. And uh, for me, uh, that's one of those things that's an ultimate goal for a Halo fan, certainly for a Halo Forger is to be able to get your map put into real matchmaking. Uh, that's, you know, it's quite an honor to get, and not too many people have that opportunity. So that's one of those things I'm kind of shooting for. Uh, whether I get the grand prize or not, if I get grand, second, third prize, whatever. But if I can get, for me, if I could get the map into matchmaking, that's even more of a prize. That's the, uh, the, a huge layer of icing on the cake. Uh, let's awesome. see. So... After that, uh, it talks about the matchmaking playlist update, which we already talked about with uh, Ricochet playlists, new spawns, and so on. Uh, there's a team throwdown update uh, that will be happening soon. Uh, they say that they're looking for this to have uh, constant updates uh, that identify, displays, and recognizes top four before talent and play t- playlist. Um, also, let's see. Mm-mm-mm. They, with with this in future Halo bulletins, they're going to have uh, feature content, interviews, and other exclusives with top 4v4 players and teams, I believe, as it relates to uh, the Team Throwdown playlist. Uh, after that, uh, in the bulletin, there's a really lengthy article uh, that's of quotes from gamers that competed in the Halo 4 Global Championship. Now, i got to be honest. I didn't even read all of them. I read a couple of them, kind of got bored, skimmed it, and then about halfway through, I just was like, nah, move to the next article. I, you know, <laughs> Honestly, it was just kind of eh, eh, boring, but maybe some other people find that interesting. I don't know. Uh, you know, take they it They need something to uh, take a most of the, article, uh, the bullets in the net, definitely did it. Say that I mean, again? It's good they got dust. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They need something to take up the article, and it's good to see Dust Storms in the article as well. Sure, sure. But you know, he wasn't in it enough, I don't think. They they highlighted some other folks, but uh, he only got like one or two quotes in there. But uh, yeah, I was kind of I kind of got a little bored with that part of it, so I moved on to the next part, which is the last part of the bulletin. Uh, which usually, if you've read the bulletins, you'll see that uh, it usually ends with a screenshot spotlight. And uh, and this past week, it was the energy sword that was spotlighted. And one of those pictures in particular, uh, it's called Will of the Divine. That's the one that I like the most from uh, from this week's bulletin from the screenshot spotlight. Did you get a chance to look at those? I was just looking at them right now, man. I'd say that one's my favorite as well. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Did, did you see the, um, the, one, the one that's Red Dead? Your mic went crazy just now. Say that one more time. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So the one that was by Red Deer Cherry, 
Reminds me of when Bungie. What the frick is that? And I'm going to build my own. Is that you or me? Swiss cheese. That's you, buddy. Okay, that was me. <laughs> yes, I saw that. God, I hate that. Why are there? Okay, look. Wait, real quick. Let me go off on a tangent. I know I said I monetized some of my videos, but I fucking hate ads and videos, okay? I really fucking hate them. You know, the only reason why I did it is because I just want to gauge, you know, and get the reaction and see if I can make a couple of cents. But I got to be honest, they're fucking annoying, okay? Oh, yeah. God damn. And I think there's a rule that should be in place. Real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Martin. There should be a rule in place. An ad for a video should be no more than like 10% or 20% of the length of the video. So if I put up a video that's only a minute long, there should not be a half a minute fucking ad on there, okay? There shouldn't even be 15 <laughs> seconds because 15 seconds versus a 60 minute or 60 second video, that's 25% of the time plus, you know, then the video on top of that. No, no, no. If I got a 60 second video, you better only be putting a five to maybe a 10 second uh, uh, ad on there if you're going to put an ad because I got to be honest I really hate them most of the ads are not pertinent to me they're not pertinent to the information that I'm looking up so you know I wish that as not as a person who just monetized my videos I wish that I could choose what kind of ads were put onto my videos because I you know I would be making sure that they were you know if not Halo related, at least video game related, because honestly, some of these ads is like, God damn, you know, I just fucking hate them. I think, I think that was kind of crazy because when you said about my mic, I was like, I'm pretty sure that wasn't my mic. Yeah. <laughs> that was your ad. Yeah. Uh, the ad in the background. Yeah. But, um, the, as I was saying, the, the one by Red Dead Cherry. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, Red Dead Cherry. Do you remember when Bungie were closing down with Halo and they did that poster? It was like one more hump day. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that? Vaguely. That reminds me of that. Okay. Yeah, just just the way that that set reminds me of that. But yeah, that's just me. But cool. that one, Will of the Divine, is very cool. Yes, definitely. I think so. I would go back and look at it now, but I know I'd get that friggin' ad popping up, so fuck that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Hey, we're actually moving along pretty good, so that's good. All right. Uh, the next thing, then, is that McFarlane, who, uh, and I mean by that, I mean Todd McFarlane, uh, uh, owner of McFarlane Toys, uh, they have just reopened their online store. Uh, now, I personally was hoping uh, that uh, by reopening this that we would see the Halo 4 statue that they've been promoting for a while, that it was shown at San Diego Comic-Con and so on. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But uh, the reason why I bring this up is because, of course, they make uh, you know Halo action figures. And um, if you want to, uh, to go check out their store, uh, they have some listings there. They do have uh, Series 2 for uh, Halo 4 figures. Uh, listed there so you can get them uh there is a sale going on for the watcher and crawler figures that are ten dollars now where normally they're about 14 on their store so you save a little bit of money there um and hopefully we'll see this halo 4 statue coming out soon um that's one of those things to look for again this is another one of those things that is limited edition uh just like my uh my master chief versus the hunter statue i believe that this is also a 500 run, and I think it retails for either 225 or 250. It's one or the other. Um, just like the Hunter statue, 
I am going to easily predict that this is another one of those ones that's just going to vault in value. Uh, the Hunter statue, for instance, if you're lucky to find it now, even on eBay, uh, I've seen it going for around like $700 to $750. So that's easily three times. Yeah, that's easily three times what it was originally going for. And I think that that's only going to increase as time goes on, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, you know, just because it's one of those collectibles that, you know, you just don't see that kind of thing come by that often. And it's limited availability. Um you know, it sold out, like, very quick on uh, McFarlane, the Hunter statue, when it came around. Um, this this one here, which is just Master Chief. In fact, if you haven't seen it, um, the cover art that you saw for that you saw for Halo 4, where Master Chief is kind of uh, on one knee, and he has his hand down, uh, his left hand's down, and in his right hand is the assault rifle kind of uh, held out. That's what the statue is. And he's kind of uh, resting on some of uh, some of the metal pieces uh, that have uh, broken off from the forward unto dawn. That's what the statue is. Very cool looking. Go check out my site for it, uh, and you'll see it there. Um, that statue, if I could afford it, I would love to get one of those statues. Uh, I'm happy enough oh, to have yeah. a hunter statue, but this one being just Master Chief, oh, I want that statue. So, uh, go ahead. I'm not, I'm- on the top book of statues, I loved those uh, Kotobukiya statues that they released for Halo 3. Yeah, yeah. Those were cool. Did you, did you end up getting some of those? or? Unfortunately, I didn't. Uh, the good thing is, is you still can find those occasionally uh, on eBay, yeah. on Amazon, and they're not terribly expensive. Uh, now, the one that uh, is, though, think- there is one that is, and I don't I don't think it's Kotobukiya. I can't remember who it is offhand. But it's the one that has Cortana coming off of Master Chief's hand. Uh, I can't remember oh, yeah. who does that yeah, one offhand. Yeah, yeah. That one is crazy expensive. Um, I think that's another one where it originally was around the two hundred to three hundred dollar price range, and now I think it goes for oh, it's at least seven hundred. I think it goes for about a thousand dollars now because it's you know it's long out of print, um, and uh, and the sculpt of uh, of Cortana is fantastic. Uh, I believe that it's also electronic. It has a light in it so that she illuminates whenever, uh, you know, you turn it on. But it's just a fantastic sculpt. Uh, and that's one of those ones. I would consider that one a holy grail of Halo collecting, just as I think the Hunter is one of those, just as I think this Halo, this Master Chief Halo 4 statue is going to be as well. Um, I'm not really big into collecting super expensive collectibles, not just because of the money factor. Even if I had the money... Part of the part of the problem is, and this is this even goes back to when I was collecting Star Wars stuff. Um, for me to collect something like one piece that's a few hundred dollars, what I'm always worried about is if some jackhole, and by jackhole I mean friends, <laughs> comes over to my <laughs> house, you know, takes a look at it, maybe bumps it, and it falls off of wherever it's at, and it breaks. I would be so freaking pissed off, you know. And, you know, of course, depending on the friend, the friend would either be like, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, or they'd be like, well, you shouldn't have had it there where it could have got knocked off. Regardless of that, no matter what the reaction is, the fact is, is these items are damn near irreplaceable. So, um, like with Star Wars, some of these figures that came from the... uh, from way back in the day, you know, the uh, the classic figures back in the 70s and 80s. If you still have those carded, 
uh, and they're in mint condition. Some of them can be up, you know, seven to eight hundred dollars, even a couple thousand. If somebody accidentally dog ears that card and gets a bend or a crease in it, it's gone from you know a few hundred dollars, and now it's dropped to like ten, twenty bucks, maybe. You know, true. So true. you know that's why I'm very leery about buying certain uh, really high end collectibles because I'm just worried that. If somebody else breaks it, like if I break it, it's like, well, you know what? I'm a dumb shit. I fucked it up. Okay. I can only blame myself. But if somebody else does it, that's going to really put a strain on my relationship with that person. And I know some <laughs> people are going to say, well, it's just a collectible. Well, you don't understand my fanaticism then. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, think, I think people who listen to this podcast and go to your blog pretty much don't know how you feel if something, something like that would have happened in one of their products or stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think they would get that. Yeah, so, but going back to this thing, because we kind of went off on a little tangent, um, but yeah, this this uh, statue is, uh, it's just phenomenal. The detail is exquisite. Uh, it looks like the paint application on this is great. Uh, if I had a chance, and whenever this comes up, I would be all over it. I'd be jumping by it. Unfortunately, I won't have that opportunity. So if any of you out there that are listening to this, if you get this, uh, and whenever you get it in, let me know. Send me an email to sal at halofanforlife.com. Take a bunch of pictures from all different views and send those to me, and I'll be more than happy to showcase that on my site and give you the credit as being the owner of the uh, of the piece because uh, I really want to be able to show this off from more angles than we've been able to see thus far. Uh, like I said, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be able to get one of these. So uh, if you get one, let me know. I know I've let my buddy Penn's Halo know about this. I mentioned him earlier in the podcast, and I know that he wants one of these. So uh, I'm hoping that he gets it because if he does, he's local, and I can just go to his house and steal it. I mean, uh, look at it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, anyways. Nice, nice. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I'll get a chance to actually look at it in person, which is something I hope I get to do. So... Yeah, that's something to uh, check out. Go to McFarland.com or Spawn.com. They're both related, uh, and you can find the online store from there. All right, uh, the next thing. Uh, this is a cool little piece of information. If you go to the Halo Waypoint forums, there's a section there that's called Section 3. And what those are, what that is, is those are the folks that crack the codes for the various uh, map packs and so on. In fact... I was involved with this before it really even became Section 3. Way back when, uh, if you recall, like now when you go to the, the code section, you see that, that large uh, glyph section that you can type in the different glyphs. And, uh, and that's how you get the codes if you know the right order. Well, before that happened, uh, on Halo Waypoint, you were able to put in uh, codes for things and you would get you know, concept art or so on, we were trying to figure out what these symbols meant. And I was lucky enough that I got in on one of these uh, threads very early on uh, to decipher what the codes meant. And I'm happy to say that I was uh, the first person that was able to crack a few of what the uh, symbols stood for. And within 24 hours then, uh, there was another guy that cracked a few more of them. And like I said, then within a day, 
the rest of them had been cracked, and we were able to figure out the whole glyph uh, code. And so we know what each glyph meant then. So that was pretty cool. So I was involved in it very early on, but then I, I kind of moved away from it at that point. But anyway, so getting back to the article then that I'm mentioning, Section 3 has cracked the code for the Champions Bundle. So if you go, uh, you go onto my site, in fact, I just posted this uh, two days ago, um, you'll see the code that you need to put in. Uh, I don't even think you have to have the Champions Bundle to do this. I could be wrong on that, but I think you can just put the code in uh, and you'll get it. And what this unlocks for you is uh, the uh, the gallery of concept art for the bullseye portion of the Champions Bundle. And that's, that's the concept art for Vertigo uh, as well as Pitfall. Um, and also, if you're not already an, uh, an SR-130, uh, you can get 30,000 uh, 30, XP points for this too. Um, didn't matter for me, I was already SR-130, but yeah, it's still, you never know. Uh, hopefully, maybe they'll add more levels. I doubt it, but anyways. <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the concept art is cool. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I just love concept art. I like to see where things were at at the beginning and what they have become at the final product. So being able to see, you know, what people were thinking early on uh, and then to, you know, see what it becomes, it's just something I'm very fascinated with. It's something that I enjoy doing myself. And um, I like when, when companies release those kinds of things to show the thought processes involved uh, you know, with, with the whole design from concept to finished product. So you can find, you don't even have to enter the code if you don't want to. When you go to my site, I have the whole gallery of images already on there. You can click on them to make them bigger. You can save them to your desktop, whatever you want to do there. Have you had an opportunity yeah, to look at those? Have. Yeah, actually, um, through your blog, I've, I've taken all your um, concept art you've put up, and I've put that on my desktop. I love concept art as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's awesome. In fact, yeah. Now that you mention that, um, that's not the only concept art that I uh, that I showcase. Uh, frequently, uh, several of the artists from Three Four Three, notably Sparth, uh, post concept art through Twitter uh, quite often. And anytime that they do that, and it's Halo related, I always put them up on my site. Because, you know, it's just more information, uh, you know, more graphics and stuff that I can share with other people via my blog. So, uh, you know, if you're somebody that likes concept art like I do, uh, you know, stay tuned. That's why I'm surprised you didn't have that uh, Halo 3 art book. That's all concept art. Yeah. All of it was concept art. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, you know, again, for the cost of it, um, yeah. you know, now seeing what the price is, though, hmm. You know what? Christmas is coming up here. Hmm. I might have to, exactly. might have to beg my wife for that then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know what? I'll probably have to mow the lawn, take the trash out, do the dishes, take the dog for a walk. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Done. Definitely done. If I can get that book, that's worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a cool book. Yeah. All right. Well, wow. We're, we're, almost done i'm surprised you know you were right maybe not having zach on this particular week got us through <laughs> i think i think we could have spanned maybe three or four hours if zach was on just just based on you know it's everyone's opinion right but, you know we've got through pretty well yeah well i know he's there's a big article that he wants to talk about 
and we'll have to do that in the next podcast. He was going to talk about uh, Halo Pro switching to COD, uh, and unfortunately that won't be in this podcast, but that will be in the next one, providing he can make it to it then. Uh, so that's something you'll be able to look forward to. But uh, we're not quite done with this podcast yet. we still got a few more things to go over. Uh, so the next thing up, and I actually knew about this for, uh, for a few days before I posted it, but I had so many other things, as you've heard through this podcast, that I had been uh, posting up. So I kind of wanted to uh, break it up so they didn't have, like, one day that just had an enormous amount of posts and then another day that had, like, next to nothing. So I saved this and posted it uh, just yesterday. And what it is is it's the Halo needler replica that was made by Vulpen and uh, I have to say that this is just absolutely top notch have you had a chance to look at that by the way no I haven't I'll, I'll look at it right now okay well there's a picture of it on there um, and there's a link at the uh, at the end of the article uh, on my blog that links to their article which is much much longer oh, wow. and there's three videos though that I included that, that come directly from this uh, from this article that they posted um, and it's just exquisite now what it was is there was a uh, another uh, company that um, commissioned Vulpen to create this needler and they went through a long process of getting screenshots from uh, from Halo fans and so on. Uh, they recreated the blueprints then in Illustrator, which happens to be a program that I use, so that's good to know, know that they did that. Uh, from the blueprints then, they started making uh, the needler prop out of... Um, of foam core, bondo, and uh, and wooden uh, ribbing is what I call it. It's very similar to, in fact, they even mentioned this in one of the videos. Uh, if you're familiar with how boats are designed, how they have the different ribs in them that, that make the shell of the boat, and then they form the hull on the outside of it, that's very similar to what they do here. In fact, this is something that I learned when I was in industrial design school at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. I learned how to make this. So everything that I was watching, it was great to see because I have actually done the same thing just not as a needler but I've done it with other props as well that I've created so it was really great to see that because now I'm like oh my god I can make this now that I know that this is what they did um mind you that would be some money to do but it's just this prop when you see it and you, you've got to watch all these videos it's fantastic yeah, now, it's, um, yeah it's pretty awesome it, it now they say that it took them like nine months from start to finish to do uh, and it's a good thing, too. Uh, I'm sure that they probably had other projects they were working on during that time. But they took their time with this. Uh, they say that they took the Reach model of the Needler, but they gave it a Halo 4 paint job. And uh, to be honest with you, I, I could care less. This is a fantastic model. The needles that they put in here, I mean, oh, my God, they're just awesome. You know, uh, they're made out of polyurethane. Uh, they're, they're the pink color. Uh, they're shaped like the needles that you see. They fit into the needler itself, which itself has built-in lights and sound into it. So the needles that are put in there are illuminated from underneath. Uh, and it's just really a, just a great-looking prop. Um, Vulpin is selling uh, kits on how to make this. So you can go to their site and check that out. I don't have the price offhand, so I don't know how much they're charging for that. But... Um, you got to check it, check this out. Come to the site here. Check out the three videos I posted up. They show uh, a time lapse of you know from creation or from concept to uh, final art. They show uh, blueprint uh, time lapse, and then 
they show the needler uh, as it was shown off at San Diego Comic Con with uh, various folks from the 405th. Uh, which is, you know, Spartan uh, cosplay. They show uh, them with the uh, the needler in their hand, and it's just fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I would love to see some toy manufacturer make a prop of this. Now, it wouldn't be anywhere near as good as this, uh, but, you know, it's something I would love to have. I, I was lucky enough, I don't know if you got them or not, Martin, but... Uh, they made a, uh, it was kind of like a laser tag version of the plasma pistol and plasma rifle. And I got those. And uh, even as uh, props, you know, or, or as like laser tag toys, uh, they're quite fun. Uh, and they're pretty much the right scale size as well. They might be maybe a little smaller, uh, but they're still pretty decent size. Uh, the size of this needler is 29 inches from front to back. And uh, that's actually very close to the scale uh, when you compare it to Master Chief. When Master Chief is holding it, it's 32 inches. So it's only a few inches shy of that. But that's that actually works because being 29 inches, being held by a normal-sized person, as opposed to Master Chief, who's 7'2", um, you know, 29 inches long from front to back is a good scale then for those normal-sized people. Uh, again, I, this is something I'd love to have. I imagine that even the kit itself... It's probably a couple hundred dollars, but if you were to commission them to make another one, whew, it's probably be a couple thousand. I wouldn't doubt. Oh yeah, you know. But you got to think about it. You you know, there's only one right now that's made. They have all the all the molds for the different parts, so it might be a little less. But imagine that you'd have one of only just a you know a couple of them ever made. So that would just be fantastic. Ah, one can only hope. If I could hit the lottery. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I was just thinking the exact same thing. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll win some money. Maybe I'll win some money. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then, I, would, I mean, if I hit the lottery, I'd be all over these things. But then again, I would probably have to buy, like, a separate house that I'd turn into a Halo museum. And, you know, shit would be, be, it'd be behind glass doors or, or, you know, behind partitioned, you know, things that people wouldn't be able to touch them and all that. So, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) One day, one day. Yeah, we can only hope. (laughs) All right. Uh, Now, the next thing, this is very cool, is uh, there there was an interview done with Jeff Steitzer. And uh, if you don't know who he is, why are you listening to the podcast? No, I'm joking. If you don't know who he is, he is the Halo multiplayer announcer. And uh, I actually really didn't know what he looked like before. Like, I, I think I saw a picture of him once, but I never really tried to, you know, look him up or, you know, to see what he looked like. Uh, and he's not how I pictured him. Uh, he looks a little different than what I thought, given his voice. Now, the interview itself, uh, it's a 22-minute interview. It's very good, a lot of great information. It's done by, uh, I believe it's an English chap that does it. Uh, and unfortunately... Uh, you can hear a little bit of an echo coming from Jeff because it was done, I think, via either Skype or by phone. Uh, but still, even at that, uh, during this whole interview, there are several times where Jeff says some of the uh, the announcer medals, you know, whether it's double kill or uh, another one that he says is, uh, oh, let me think of it, it's um, unfriggin' believable. You know, those kind of ones. And those are really cool. Uh, and it's nice to hear him say that. Uh, I, I would be thrilled if I could get him to uh, to do an interview with me for the site. Uh, but this is really cool. Now, one of the things that comes out in this interview, though, 
is, and it's very subtle, and you have to listen to it, he mentions it, I think, at least twice, is that the next Halo game, meaning not Halo 4, but the next one that will be coming out on Xbox, whether it's Halo 5 or whatever they want to call it, he gave reference to the fact that 343 may be making this a bit more open, like not necessarily open world, but that there'll be an opportunity to maybe explore more. Um, I don't know that it would be quite at the level of, say, for instance, Bungie's Destiny, but it just seems like it's going to have more to offer uh, than just what it is now as being like a, a, a fairly stringent campaign where you are on one course and you go through it and you finish it. Uh, so it seems like it's going to have more than that. Now, there's another thing that comes out in this that's kind of funny. Uh, the interviewer asks him, did, did he ever play the Halo, any of the Halo games? And he said, once. Uh, and the story that he relates to this is pretty funny. I'll let you listen to this, though, because you've got to listen to the whole thing. But what's really strange about this is he said that uh, he got the games when Bungie was doing it. He got the games from them. But the reason why he never got a chance to play them is because he never got an Xbox from them. Uh, and, he, and he never went out and bought an Xbox himself. So it's kind of funny that... You know, he had the games and all that, but he never really got to play them. Now, another thing that he brings up is he kind of brings up some of the differences between recording for Bungie versus recording for 343. And uh, you get an impression that 343 uh, was a bit more... I don't want to... Not reserved. That's not the right word for it. Or even... I don't want to say the word stringent again because... Well, I just said it, so... But anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe they were a bit more strict, you know, that they were more structured. Uh, I don't know about organized, but they they were very detailed or very exacting on what they wanted to get from Jeff for Halo 4, whereas it seemed like Bungie was a little bit more loose and more free to allow him to explore things. Because he even mentions the differences between doing the medals between the classic Halo trilogy versus Halo 4, whereas, you know, he was given a little bit more freedom there, uh, and he had a little bit more personality in the classic ones, whereas in Halo 4, uh, they were very specific about how they wanted him to say these things, and it was a bit more regimented. Maybe that's the right word I want to use. Um, and so, uh, you know, I find that kind of strange. You know, uh, it seems like, well, here, here. Let me let me throw this in here. He did mention that three four three almost got rid of all of the voice actors and was going to get a whole new set. Now, when I heard that, I was like, "What the fuck? Really? Yeah, like I heard, I heard through the grapevine that they did that with the Japanese voiceover actors for this, and that there was a huge uproar, a huge outcry over in Japan about it. And can you imagine that? That if Jeff Steitzer wasn't the multiplayer announcer, if Jen Taylor wasn't Cortana and, you know, Master Chief and so on, you know, could you imagine if those weren't the voices that we heard in Halo 4? It's bad enough that they changed so many things that were just needless to be changed. Could you imagine if the voices weren't them anymore? Uh, I don't even want to think about it. You know, <laughs> like, be insane, I got to tell you, if they had done that, that would have been a completely wrong move. There's no other way to put it than that would have been wrong. Now, they've killed off Cortana. Possibly. That yeah, sucks. Maybe, maybe. 
That sucks. I hope to God they bring her back. But even in the video game, see, they left it open whenever you play the whenever you play the campaign that she even says, you know, they may even give you a new Cartana, but it won't be me. Well, see, that's a way for them to kind of bring her back, but it not really being Cortana. So it, it kind of gives them an out to say, well, you know, we might bring her back, we might not. But for God's sake, for them to even kill her off is like, really, Cortana is half of the picture for me when it comes to Halo, at least for the campaign, you know. It's it's okay, because now she's going to be in a Windows phone, so that's okay. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, okay, you brought me back to reality, thank you. <laughs> but, um, but so, yeah, so this interview, uh, it, it, like I said, it is a bit lengthy at 22 uh, minutes. However, there is so much... Uh, very cool information that comes from this. Uh, it happens that Jeff knows uh, Jen Taylor. Uh, you know, they're both up in Seattle. He uh, he has run a theater company. Uh, she, I believe, I believe he says that she acted in some of the plays that he's produced or directed. Uh, so they know each other in person. Um, uh, he has never got to uh, to meet. Uh, oh my God! It's just the the name went out of me. Voices Master Chief. Oh, um, oh, not me too. Oh my uh, God, <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> I just got a picture him playing his day. Oh my God, why can I not think of him? All right, well, it'll come to me. But anyways, he's never met him in person. In fact, he he mentions in the interview where he went to Chicago, uh, where uh, where the guys at he does a radio show there, uh, and he almost had an opportunity to meet him, but I guess he was busy and wasn't able to meet him there. So. Jeff hopes to meet him, uh, you know, in the future. In fact, another thing that comes out in the interview is that Jeff was actually going to be uh, the voice for Master Chief at one point. Um, but for some reason or another, uh, they changed that. So now he became the announcer. And Jeff wasn't sure about that. But then when one of the people said to him, uh, oh, yeah, Steve Downs. Thanks, Martin. Steve Downs. That's it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> they said, uh, uh, I believe in the interview, they say something to the effect of that Steve Downs was uh, uh, was known a little bit more because of his radio show. And so that's why they gave him the voice of Master Chief. However, they mentioned that people will actually hear Jeff's voice more because in multiplayer, you're going to have all these different you know, medals and things that he'll be saying. So he was actually kind of happy about that because... You know, he had a lot more lines and, you know, he was going to be, you know, very well known through that. Um, so, you know, it's pretty cool. And in fact, you know, when you listen to those uh, those medals, it is pretty damn cool. I mean, you got to be honest, that sounds really cool. So. Another thing what I'd do if I won lotto or hit the lottery, I'd, uh, I'd get Steve Downs or Jeff Stutzer to do my phone messaging on my phone. Oh, hells Yeah. <laughs> Hells yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that? That'd be awesome. That would be totally cool. One of the things that, that Jeff says, one of the lines that he likes besides the uh the unfriggin' believable, he said he liked uh and he said I, I don't even I can't remember it being in the game, but I think it is. I think it might have been in Reach. Um but the one that he really likes is You suck. <laughs> Oh yes, 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 yes. No, I, I remember downloading that that soundbite from um, hello.bungie.org. Yeah, and I, that is my uh, my message alert. <laughs> Very briefly, but uh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So, so he has some memorable ones. Uh, the interviewer asks him, uh, you know, is there anything about the next Halo that he can talk about? And other than those little things, he says, he says, you know, when it comes to his lines. Um, 
uh, like with theater, he remembers the lines because, you know, that's something they have to ingrain into the brain because, you know, they're doing these plays over and over again. But when he does voiceover work, uh, he reads the lines, the lines stay there. And literally five minutes after he's done the lines, he's forgotten them because he doesn't need to read them again, you know? So okay. unfortunately, other than which can expect to be the normal metals, uh, there wasn't anything else that he could really give about, uh, a, you know, what might be in the next game. Besides, of course, there is that confidentiality thing that he really couldn't talk about it anyways. But uh, still, I can't wait to see it. And I'm glad that he's still in it. Um, what I'm hoping, because it sounds like he's going to have more of a role. What I'm hoping now is that he'll actually become part of the canon. When you think about it, I've had this discussion with other fans as well. Um, Jeff being in multiplayer now, where 343 has said multiplayer is actually canon to the universe of Halo. Well, if if that's the case, then Jeff Steitzer has to be like a UNSC officer then uh, that has, that, that affects uh, war games, you know? So, so, so now does he have a rank? Is he like captain Jeff Steitzer or something like that? So I'm kind of hoping he gets into the game like that. That'd be kind of cool. You know? Probably. I mean, if, if, if red versus blue are canon now in yeah. the campaign through the Easter eggs, then surely Jeff could be campaigned somewhere. Absolutely. Uh, canon, canon as well. Right, right. So, yeah, again, uh, folks, if you haven't had the chance to listen to that, um, I just posted it yesterday. Oh, and I, I do really need to give a shout-out to halodiehards.net. They were the ones that tweeted this, and I uh, and I was able to grab it from them. Uh, and so I do want to thank them specifically addicted chaos. She's one of my good friends that I uh, game with on halo all the time. And I do want to thank them for tweeting the link for this so that I could, uh, supply to you on the, uh, on the site. Okay. We're almost done here, folks. We've got two more quick things to talk about. And then we have, uh, one other article and then we'll just about be done here. Uh, one thing that I found out just today, uh, and this came from, uh, beyond entertainment. Uh, they posted, um, a link to uh, a modded game type, and actually it's from Halo Reach. But now they've uh, Halo modders have been able to port these from Reach into Halo 4. If you guys recall, Headhunter and Stockpile. I loved Headhunter. Did you, did you play oh, that, yeah. Reach? Oh, yeah, of course. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. I mean, you know, I don't know if it says Skullamanjaro anymore, but uh, the fact that, you know, that they ported this over. I got to be honest. I I really enjoyed that. That was so much fun uh, being able to play that. I remember in Reach playing it on Powerhouse. Um, my buddies and I, when I was playing this, uh, we would always wait down by the cliffside where the gate is at, and uh, we would just be popping people left and right. And then as the skulls kept piling up, you know, whenever that uh, the the scoring point would get close to us, that's when we would rush out, grab the skulls, come back and get them there. The thing is, because so many skulls were being kind of um, kept in one area there, that was by where the broken bridge was at, so many people oh, yeah. kept trying to come down there to get those skulls, and we just kept shooting the hell out of them. You know, the thing is, is yes, we were slaying, and people said, well, you're not playing the objective, but the thing is, is we were, but we played it differently. We would slay the shit out of them, and then, like I say, whenever the scoring point came close to us then by that tree and by the gate, that's when we would hurry up, rush like hell, get the skulls, 
comeback score the points because then the scoring point was very close to where we were. So we didn't have to worry about trying to run all over the map to try and score. We would just get those and you know, and the thing is, is there was usually always a few left over. So that still meant people were coming to try and get those. So we would win the game handedly. On top of that, we were getting 40, 50, 60 kills, you know. So we were playing the game. We were just playing it from a different aspect. We were slaying like hell and still winning. So I'm glad that Headhunter, even Um, if it's – go ahead, go ahead. You were going to say? I was going to say I remember so many times I saw base jumping from the top bridge down to win the – down to the bottom. Oh, yeah. Headhunter was cool. I saw base, man. I loved it. Countdown was another good map for uh, for Headhunter too. I think I really enjoyed that. Um, I remember um, bottom mid on Countdown. Uh, we would call that fish in a barrel. That was uh, kind of what I coined for the term of it because so many people would try to go there to score uh, score their skulls, and you could pop them before they ever got there. And uh, now maybe sometimes the skulls would go in the scoring point and you'd lose it, but. In the meantime, you could rack up kills like crazy. And, of course, we did the same thing. You know, we'd always be in one area where we knew the score point was going to be very close to us. Usually it was at the very top by one of the lifts that, you know, once the score point would change, we'd hurry up and we'd either rush down to bottom mid or one of the areas that had a lot of skulls, grab them, go up the lift, score it, and then stay up there and wait for people to come up to the lift to try and score theirs, kill them, take their skulls, score again. You know, it was just one of those strategies, you know, and it worked out all the time for us because, you know, we won a lot in Headhunter. It was a lot of fun. So I'm glad to see that modders have been able to bring this into Halo 4 um, as well as Stockpile. Now, the video that I watched, didn't, it wasn't as clear on Stockpile, but still, you have to wonder, why did 343 get rid of these games, you know? Um, these would have been great to have in Action Sack, you know? They're perfect for Action Sack. Uh, or or um, or even uh, 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 4v4 uh, Team Objective, you know? I would love to yeah. see these in there, and it's just disappointing. And the only thing that I can think of why they weren't in Halo 4 is because it's a Bungie creation and not a 343 creation. But you got to say, you know, there's got to be a point where you have to say, you know what, you have to be willing to take what came before and move it forward in the game with it. Um, you know, we all know 343 wanted to make Halo its own, but in doing so, they changed so much about Halo and disregarded a lot of what used to be in Halo that you can see in the population uh, that that's there now, you know, there's a lot of dissatisfied people, you know, and you could say there's they're dissatisfied just on the sheer numbers or the sheer lack of numbers uh, that are in the population now, you know. Um, if these yeah. game types would have been in there from the beginning, uh, that could have helped. Now you have to say, well, you know what? Now that modders have found a way to bring it in, they need, and I mean 343, needs to bring these into the game officially. You know, bring it in just like they did with Mini Slayer. Mini Slayer became a game type, you know. Um, sure. Race is now becoming a game type as well as Rocket Race. Well, you have to think now, Headhunter and Stockpile are going to. Assault just came out uh, uh, the last time we did the uh, the podcast. Uh, that came out for, as a modded game type too. So you have to think that these game types are going to come into it. But the thing is, is you know, now they're coming out just a little too late, you know. And yeah. these would have been great to just have had them in there from the beginning. So, you know, we can only hope that they'll make it in. Um, and like I said, I really liked Headhunter. I loved Stockpile. So um, I, I hope to get you those game me, types. Go ahead. You give me Headhunter, Stockpile. 
football and uh, fly, fly to the next Halo, that'll be me. Oh, yeah. I missed Firefight. You know, I love Spartan Ops. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the hell out of Spartan Ops. But Firefight was another one of those great modes that, you know, if, if you didn't really want to try hard, you just wanted to blow off some steam, play with a couple of your buddies, you go into Firefight and you just have a lot of fun just killing the Covenant, you know. And and it was just fun. I just enjoyed it, you know. Oh, yeah. It was one of those things, and I hate to use this word, but I'm going to use it. If you just wanted to play casually, that was the game type you did, you know. If you didn't really want to get into, you know, heavy fighting or fighting against, you know, other people, um, you could play Firefight. And I personally, I can't see how you got pissed, how you could ever get pissed off playing Firefight. It was just a ton of fun, you know. And, of course, I don't know about you, but... I exploited those maps like crazy. I would find, you know, the the, the places to, um, you know, to get high up using the jetpack and then just snipe from afar where they never shot you. You know, there was a, there was a couple places like that. What was um, what was the underground base? Glacier, I believe it was. Yep. Yep. yep it was. You got on top of the base all the way up near the top there. Man, you could use a sniper for days up there. You know, especially if you, you know. <laughs> I mean, that was great, you know, use a DMR or whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, they never shot at you or they rarely did. Uh, the same thing, like, uh, what was the other one that was, it was outside. It was across from the, the spaceport there. Um, oh gosh, I can't remember. It had all the trees that had like red leaves on it. And, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but anyways, that's another one where you could get up onto the, uh, there was a, like these little rock cliffs that you could get high up onto. Same thing there. Nothing would ever shoot at you with maybe the rare occasion of a jackal sniper. But once you identified them, you could take them out and nobody else would shoot at you. And uh, that was great for uh, for getting the wraiths from high up without them shooting at you. And uh, I just loved it. It was That was another one of those things that, you know, I wish that that would have been in the game. Uh, they, they could have had Spartan Ops, but they could have also had Firefight, you know. And um, it would have just been nice... Like I say, to have uh, to have a game type where you can just blow off, blow off some steam. Um, it's not linear, like you know, Spartan Ops is linear. You 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 pretty much have to follow the game flow of how they where they want you to go. You know, press this button, go here, do this, do that. Um, you know, you can vary slightly, but not much. But when you're playing uh, firefight, it's on one map, but you can go anywhere in the map. You don't have to ever play it the same way. You know. Oh, exactly. exactly. So hopefully that comes back, yeah. But, but yeah, we went off on another tangent. But, yes, Headhunter and Stockpile, I hope that they find a way into actual matchmaking. But in the meantime, I'm going to try and find those game types. Uh, unfortunately, the, the person that was identified as making them, at least from what I understand, uh, does not have them on their... Uh, on their file share, but I do have a friend that does have them, or at least he says he does. So the next time I get the opportunity, I'm going to try and get them from him. And then on my next fr- uh, Halo Fan Friday League, I will have those as game types that we'll play in customs for fun. So y'all come out for that. 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Fridays is when I have that. Uh, and I leave it open so anybody can come in and play it. It's usually custom games unless, you know, unless people want to play matchmaking, uh, then uh, whatever the game or what, however many people there are in the party will dictate which, uh, which playlist will go into. Uh, but, um, so yeah, that's it for that article. Anything else you want to say on that one? No, no, good. Okay. All right. Uh, the next thing then is, uh, uh, just posted as well is there is now a Halo 4 Master Chief snowboard uh, that is available for pre-order 
uh, on the Halo Waypoint store. So if you want to check that out now, this is another one of those things. I think it's pretty cool, but I would likely never own because I will never go snowboarding. And so I would only get this to hang it up on my wall. And considering yeah. that it costs $500, hmm, not really one of those things <laughs> I would get. You know, it looks cool as hell. But the thing is, is I just can't imagine anybody getting this and actually using it to snowboard, you know, because like the, the top portion where your feet are at, it's got the UNSC symbol on it. And you got to think that you would scuff it up, you know, but then the underside that's the painted side you know, it has Master Chief's helmet and some very cool-looking uh, graphics with, uh, you know, grenades and such on it. You would think that would get torn to shreds, too, by the ice that you're uh, that you're shredding on, you know? So yeah. this is one of those things, really, that ultimately becomes just a collectible. There's only going to be 100 of them made, uh, and they offer pre-order. You can get them in various sizes. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I think this is going to be one of those things that I'll have to overlook. Again, even if I had the money, I just... Uh, it looks cool, but I just couldn't justify it, you know. But uh, it's there. There's uh, I give uh, uh, a lot of technical information about what it's made from and all that kind of stuff on the blog, so go check that out. Um, that brings us then to the last thing that we're going to talk about. And we I mentioned earlier in the podcast about Grand Theft Auto and uh, that Martin had been playing that all this week. And the reason why we're uh, not, no, that's not a big deal. But the reason why we're bringing this up is we want to draw some comparisons to Grand Theft Auto five, making a billion dollars in its first three days. And in fact, 800 million of that, I believe, or maybe 500 million of that, whatever the point is, is it may, I think it's 800 million on its first day of release. When you compare that to Halo 4, they made $220 million on their first day of release. GTA 5, it took five years from GTA 4 to GTA 5 for them to make this game. And in those five years, they spent, what did you say, it was like $227 million to make the game? $276 million to make the game. Okay. So it cost them that much to make the game. However, they made that back. And then some. They made nearly four times that much in three days. And they're not done. That was only in the first three days. The game's been out, what, now a week now? Or almost a week? Yeah. You know, they're still making money off this game. And here's the fun part. That's only the campaign part that's been released. Uh, Multiplayer is getting ready to release, what would you say it was, October? October 1st. October 1st. So, yeah. You know, you got to think they're going to pick up even more than when multiplayer comes out. Now, this is something then that you and I, Martin, we talked about before we started the podcast. All major gaming franchises, not just Halo, need to learn something from this. That studio took five years to make it, cost a lot of money, but it was a franchise that people loved. They want to. They were. You know, they were waiting for the next game to come out. And it took a long time, but by all standards, you know, by all, uh, everything that points towards it, that game is a complete success, even just the campaign portion of it. You know, oh, yeah. you've played it, and you've told me enough about it. I've heard from other friends as well. In fact, I think I mentioned it earlier that, you know, half of my friends that are online at the particular time I'm playing are playing GTA Five now. You know, most of those played Halo before GTA Five came out. And now they're playing, you know, they're playing GTA 5. And um, 
you know, that's one reason why, you know, it's another reason why we see a drop in Halo uh, um, population. But, you know, you got to think, you know, those, those folks, you know, they got the game. Now they're playing it excessively. You know, they're playing it like crazy. Um, this this game made so much money and it has so much to offer. Besides just playing the regular campaign portion of it, from what I've learned, uh, you can you can race, whether that be like a ski jet uh, you can you can use cars, motorcycles. You can use jets. Um, you've told me that you've already flown in the game. You've flown a jet, a blimp, uh, and a helicopter. Um, you know, of course, there's all the you know all the crime and all that stuff that you do in the game. You know, that's what the game revolves around. Um, you can also go diving in their lake there, and uh, there's uh, there's sharks and other things that you can see. I, I guess apparently in the previous games, whenever you went swimming, you could only swim on top of the water. In this game, you can yeah. swim in. You can actually dive down, like where get scuba gear and dive down into the water. So there's so much to explore here, and again. I mean- that's just campaign. I go mean, ahead. you can go hunting. You can go hunting. You can uh, you can go. You know, obviously, bank robbing is a part of the game. But um, there's so many mini games. You can play four four player tennis games when the when the online portion comes out. You can play golf, like a whole round of golf, apparently. Yeah. So when you think about how big that game must be to be able to incorporate all these mini games into the point of having having whole golf courses. Yeah. You can see where the money has gone into making that game. But And there's also a map editor too, so you can create your own races in there too, you know? There's also as we talked about it, there's three main characters. So you can essentially play the campaign three different ways, even though there's portions of it where, you know, they interact with one another. Oh exactly, exactly yeah. So the the three main characters alone, um you can you can chop and change from at will, like on the fly, you don't have to. You're not stuck with playing that character's um, perspective. So right. you could be driving a car, think, "Oh, I might go and uh, play with Trevor for a little bit." So then you just change to Trevor on the fly, and he'll be back at back at his house. You can go do something with him. It's amazing how deep and and how much work's gone into it. And see, and this is this is the thing that uh, we as Halo fans were curious about and a bit worried about uh, when it came to Halo 4 that, uh, you know, were we going to have all the things that were in the previous Halo games and then new things as well for Halo 4? And when Halo 4 came out, a lot of us were displeased by the fact that there were a lot of things that were left out of the game. Some of those things in the last 9, 10 months have come into the game, but as we've talked about, they've come in a bit late now. And there's other things that are still not in the game and, in fact, aren't even planned to be in it. For instance, like theater with uh, campaign and with Spartan Ops, there not being any firefight and so on. Um, you know, the 343 has to knock Halo 5 out of the park. Now, that little tidbit that we learned from the Jeff Steitzer interview about the world possibly being much more open, uh, mm. that makes me wonder you know, what's going to be available, but you have to think now, Halo 5, or whatever they want to call it, if that's coming out next November, which that's what it's pointing to, that's what we kind of understood, that's only two years after Halo 4. Now, exactly. is the team, exactly. was the, was part of the team already working on Halo 5 before Halo 4 came out? 
which would make sense because we got a game that wasn't finished in Halo 4, which, by the way, I, I, I'll repeat again, I loved Halo 4, it's a good game, but it's not a great game, and it's definitely not the best of them, I think. That's my own opinion. Yeah, Take it for what it's worth, that's my opinion. It's a good game, and I play it and I enjoy it. But Halo 5 has to be better than just a good game. It has to be better... It has to be better than the best of the Halo games, whichever one you think that is. It has to be better than all the previous Halo games combined. Because if it's not, then, you know, we have to worry about where Halo's going then. You know, when you've got a game like GTA V that's come out on the 360, not even on the Xbox One, but that's come out on the 360, and it sold a billion dollars in three days, a billion dollars worth of, you know, of games in three days which was, like I said, nearly four times as much as Halo 4 did? You I mean, know? I mean, that's... One thing, one thing this is about the billion dollars, it was multi-platform. And, but you can sure. kind of see why Bungie left. I mean, why Bungie separated away from Microsoft. Well, sure. Bungie could have, Bungie could have probably released Destiny maybe about six months ago. But they're releasing it the first quarter next year because they're making sure it's everything they want it to be. I mean, Bungie probably... Bungie, have been working on Destiny for probably four to five years, probably about the same amount of time as, as almost beginning of Reach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or three years or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so I think... Yeah, they know you're right. You're right that there is yeah. something to be said about it being, you know, cross or multi-platform. Uh, but even if you... I wonder what the sales numbers would be, even if, if even if you broke it down. Uh, GTA Five is what? It's available on PS3 and the Xbox 360? It is, yeah. Is it available on any other ones? Not on. It's not on Nintendo, right? No, it, okay. it's so. So it's just those two. So, so it's just those two. So when you think about it, okay, let's say you take out the PS3 numbers, you still have to believe that the numbers that it sold on the Xbox 360 versus the Halo 4, it still beat Halo 4 out. You know, oh, yeah, definitely. So definitely. even if you take the cross-platform portion of that away, you know, now. The thing is, you mentioned it, Destiny, that's the next big one, man. And it's coming out for the 360, the PS3, the PS4, and the Xbox One. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Imagine they, how much money they're going to make. Yeah, they're yeah. going to make a shit ton of money. Even though the Xbox 3 is only going to be supported for three more years, and this is supposed to be a 10-year yeah. project for, the, for Destiny... It's still going to get people that will get it because not everybody's going to be able to get the Xbox One from the beginning. You know, I know I'm not, I'm one of those that's not going to be able to. I don't plan on getting Destiny off for the 360. In fact, I probably won't get it until I do get an Xbox One, but I probably will get it because you know Bungie's a great a great uh, studio and it's something I want to try. But you know, so but as this pertains to to Halo, it, it really just shows that you know as much as you know, as much as I say, you know, I want 343 to succeed, you know, and I want them to do well, and I want them to continue the Halo franchise, they have to be much more forthcoming about what Halo is going to be. And don't blow smoke up our asses, and don't tell us it's going to be something that it really isn't, or don't tell us, you know, don't say, well, it's not really like COD, but yet a lot of people complain when it actually finally came out that there are a lot of things similar to COD about it, you know, look, don't do that. Just tell us what the game's going to be, what it really is and not what you, not what you want to spin it to be. You know, you you don't, you know, Halo fans are already, and they know it. Halo fans are, are already very 
leery about what's going to happen now. You know, we were leery beforehand, and but you know, three four three asked us to trust them. We did, and then for a lot of people, they lost their trust because things weren't as expected. You know, so three four three has to learn. It's, you know, you've got to be more upfront with your fans. You have to. You have to give us all these things we've been asking for. However minor you may think they are, they are important to we fans. And for us to keep playing the game, for us to promote the game, you know, for us to tell our friends, you know, hey, go buy this. You know, this is this is so much better than other previous Halo games. You have to give us these things. There's no... Um, go ahead, go ahead. On that note, would you... I think most Halo fans would say the same thing now. I mean, I mean... Rockstar Games probably set up the blueprint for it with GTA 5, and that's a, a hardcore Halo fan to a casual Halo fan would rather than take the time, you know, take an extra two years, make it and an knock it out of this park. You know what I mean? Like, yes. just come, uh, I've said it, I've said it before. We we've talked about it before. If the game had to wait yeah. six months or a year, like instead of it coming out November of last year. If it would have come out November this year, I would have yeah. been fine with that. Because, for one, that would have stretched Reach's viability out to three years instead of two years. you know. And they could have yeah. done other things for Reach if they wanted to. You know, it's, it's really sad that you know, when, when 343 took over Reach, uh, for a while there, if you remember, they took away our ability to, uh, to get screenshots from, from the web, right. from their site. You know? um, yep. Forget about getting videos anymore, you know. Um, mind you, they did some weapons tunings, but they didn't release any more content, you know. And yeah. it's really sad because that game essentially died then in two years' time. Now you look at yeah. Halo 4 and what's happening. It looks like it's heading down the same path, you know. Yeah. Reach will, I mean, sorry, Halo 4 will only be a year old this November. We're expecting yeah. the next Halo game to come out Next November, then. Uh, the last map pack, the Champions Bundle pack, came out last month. And it, it really, we're under the impression that we're not going to really get anything else new. That they're focusing on the next game. In fact, they've they've kind of alluded to that in some of the things they've said on Waypoint. And yeah. that doesn't, you know, that doesn't really bode well for us, you know. Um you know, you're kind of telling us then, well, you know, we're, we're kind of giving up then on the 360 platform and we're not going to worry about, you know, uh, giving you new things. You're going to have to go to the three, to, to the Xbox one. You, in fact, you mentioned it, I think on the last podcast about that. And, um, that's just not the right route to go. You have to keep supporting the game. Yes. We, you know, you're going to, you know, you might do some, you might do a title update or you'll do some weapons tuning, but that's not enough. It just isn't, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if you want to bring the population back, you really have to do some dynamic things. So if you're not going to do it for Halo 4, you absolutely have to do it for Halo 5. In fact, on that note, I forgot to mention this during the, uh, during the recap of the land when Ghost Yami was there. Um, I, for a few weeks prior to the land, I had been asking, you know, uh, friends and, and, and fans and so on, uh, for their input on what they would like to see either changed in Halo 4 or if it's not if it's not possible to change it in Halo 4 what they'd like to see happen in Halo 5 or whatever they want to call the next game and I was able to give Ghost uh two pages worth of suggestions 
for things, again, as they could either happen in Halo 4 to either retain or get back some of the community that they've lost. Uh, and again, if those things wouldn't work for that, for then, for 343 to then consider them for the next game. You know, again, as much as 343 wants to make Halo their own, it's really, this is going to sound odd, I guess. It's not their own. Yes, they're the caretakers of it. And yes, they're the ones developing it. But we are the consumers. We are the ones who are buying the game. We are the ones that will keep you employed. If you don't listen to what we want, you know, and I know they're going to say, well, you know, the Halo Waypoint community, those people that come on there, you know, that's a small portion. Yes, it's a small portion of the players, but the portion of the players are already small as it is. So you have to listen to your vocal portion because those are the ones that are going to relay it to their friends who are not the vocal ones, who might be the more casual ones. And they're the, the ones who are vocal are going to be the ones that say, get this game now because it has this, it has this. You know, these new game types are in here or they brought back this mode or, you know, that kind of thing. If you don't do that 343, you're going to shoot yourselves in the foot, you're going to hurt the Halo community, and you're ultimately going to hurt the Halo franchise. And yes, I am one of those vocal ones, and I do support you. I want you to do well, but you have to listen to us, too. I think think the scary thing is that 343 have made me into being a pessimist as to where they're going. I'm not optimistic. Mm. About where it's heading currently, and I, I don't want to be that way. I yeah. want to be. I want to be hopeful and, and happy with where they're going. I want to be optimistic about their future and what they're doing to Halo. Right. And I'm just hoping and praying that you know it's <laughs> that we get what we are vocal about, and not just some arrogant backhand yes. to the face that we we think we think this is what you want in the next game. We're yeah. not gonna. We're gonna take some of the things that the community wants. But we're gonna we're gonna put it down to, to being a minority that just want yeah. these little things changed, and we're gonna go on a, along our path. Right, and that's the arrogance that's scaring me to being a pessimist. Yeah, and unfortunately, that's a feeling of a lot of the community out there. You know, when you look at the numbers that Halo Four has now, you really have to think a majority of those that are playing now are probably your hardcore players that have stuck with the franchise the whole time. So they have to be, those are the ones that you have to then listen to, you know, the, you know, because if you don't cater to those folks who have stayed with you and who will, you know, who would likely stay with you, if you don't cater to them, who are you going to cater to? You've already tried the route of giving new things, changing the game to emulate portions of other games. And it failed, you know, I don't care that, you know, again, they're going to, they're going to go back as they've done before. They're going to go back and say, yes, but we had $220 million of sales in our first day. Well, you know what? As we've just said, GTA five had a $1 billion worth of sales in three days that you guys have not gotten anywhere near. So you can't, you can't. You just can't give us that excuse anymore. You know. Yeah. You you, you got to knock it out of the park. You have to give and us. You have to remi- Go ahead. You have to remember. You have to remember that the two hundred twenty million they made on their first day is the majority of people who who played Bungie's games. You know what I mean? Or sure. Only played Bungie's. Not not many people would have bought Halo Four as their first title 
um, in the Halo in the Halo series, right? You know, so they, in, in a sense, they can almost attribute the their sales to the hope and the optimism that Halo fans had for them, right? So they've got to either improve on that to to <laughs> to win back what they lost with the right. with the community, or they're going to really, really, really suffer. They might sell two hundred million dollars dollars worth of games on the next title um, with Halo 5, but that's just from the fans who are hoping like hell that they fix it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, and the other thing you have to think about too, of those sales, because they're going to be on the Xbox One, and from what we understand, the Xbox One games are probably going to be closer to $75. Those numbers are kind of, you know, sure. if, they, if they sell the same amount, let's say they sell $220 million again, that actually means less people bought the game because the game's more expensive now. You know what I mean? So in order yeah. for them to make up for it, you know, that extra $15 per game, I mean, they, they got to get closer to $300 million. And that's just that's just to be roughly the same number of people to play it. You don't want that. You want to go far beyond that, you know? Yeah. They, to, I'll be honest with you. If Halo 5 does not make half a billion, at least half a billion dollars, even let's say in the first month, I mean, let's let's not get crazy and think it's going to be you know GTA Five, which I would be ecstatic if it did, by the way. But let's say even in the first month, if they don't hit a half a billion, you're gonna you got to really start to worry. You know, no I doubt. Think, it, it, think, go ahead, go I, ahead. I think you got to be worried anyway, regardless because of their small time allotment they've given themselves. True. You know what I mean? Why? Why? If, if, if a game's coming out in November. They've already pigeonholed themselves into into having um, less development go into the game, so you're going to run into the same issues next time, unless they have an open beta and so on and so forth with the things the community have, have poured um, poured themselves out to them about. But right. they've already pigeon, pigeon, pigeonholed themselves already. And, you know, so, we've talked about this before. Who's to blame for that? You cannot blame we, the consumers. We are the ones that buy your game. So... You have to either say it's 343 and or Microsoft, and regardless of who, which one of the entities or if it's both of them, you know, they have to learn the lesson of Halo 4, that trying to rush the game out and not giving us everything or not giving it, giving it to us in a more finished state just really kind of hurt the game, you know? And this, this, this time allotment they're giving, um, unless they're going to do something like GTA five, where they say, okay, the first, even the first month, you're going to have campaign, you know? And then after that, we're going to give you multiplayer. That would be fine. As long as, yeah. as long as we have an idea of what's coming out, GTA five was good for letting us know what was coming out. Uh, you know, and as long as what comes out really is in a finished state, you know, um, just, you know, blatantly dropping off portions of the game that were popular, you know, uh, again, theater, uh, firefight, not being able to play race, which eliminated, uh, you know, a big part of the community. You know, there was a whole racing community out there, not being able to play as elites when there was a whole community out there that they, you know, that's what they were. They played as elites, you know, doing these things, you know, <sighs> you know, I they, think, go ahead, go ahead. I think another. Another thing that's scary to me is if you remember 
Halo 3 didn't launch until 2007, and that was how many years after Xbox 360 launched? Right. And, I mean, that was a, that was a pretty good title. But coming out in November, even next year, is still so early into the Xbox One development stage that right. if you look at maybe three years down the line, four years down the line, yeah. when potentially the, 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 they're going to have more of a grasp on the tech and the stuff that the One's able to do, right. that... The Halo there would automatically be a better game because of the time development. Right. But the fact that they're rushing out the technology and they're rushing out their game scares me even more. Yeah. The fact that they're not going to be able to, to utilize what the one's actually going to be capable of. Yeah, yeah. and see, what we're kind of used to with Halo is Halo is an, roughly an every three-year experience. I mean, we're not, I don't, don't include, like, ODST and Halo Wars. And that. Halo Wars was a different company altogether. Uh, and Halo yeah. uh, ODST was supposed to be more of a uh, of a compendium, or uh, rather, an addition to Halo Three. Uh, but don't you know? Don't include that. So you say CE in two thousand one, Halo Two two thousand four, Halo Three two thousand seven, Halo Reach two thousand ten. Yep. But then it broke that cycle with Halo Four coming out only two years later, and now with Halo Five or again whatever they want to call it being, again, only another two years, you know, we already saw that breaking that cycle of three years and making it two years, that's one year worth of development that we would have been willing to wait, and the game would have been so much better. Uh, now, yeah. Halo, the next Halo game, again, doing a two-year cycle, we're worried, and with very real good reasons why. You know, I'm sorry, but 343 is not the same as Treyarch or whoever it is that's making Call of Duty now. Call of Duty puts out a game every fucking year, but they apparently do it's a damn good job game. of it. Yeah, and it's the same game. They've already, and even they say themselves, if it ain't broke, then fix it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're still, rele they're still releasing games every year with minor tweaks and settings and stuff like that, but it's still a core and they get experience. and they get monster numbers for their for their uh for their sales for their population they continue to put out uh 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 map packs and so on you know and and they do great you know but 343 isn't the same as them i don't know i don't know what the what the uh employee size is i don't know if they're you know they're bigger or not but if microsoft is not willing to put in the kind of money uh, that they need to to put out a quality game every even every two years to compete with Call of Duty, then you know what you might as well call it quits. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to say goodbye no, to Halo. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, it's exactly, got to finish. Exactly. You got to at least do a Halo Six. So we got this game and, and another one. But I don't want it to end at that. There, the, the Halo universe is so freaking big. There's so much more that could be done with this. You know, I know I don't know about you, but I'd like to see a Halo Wars too. Uh, I know there's a lot of people oh, yeah. that oh, yeah. there's a lot of people Definitely. that want to see Halo Anniversary yeah. two come out. Um, there's more you could do with ODSTs. Uh, there's you know you could do a, a spinoff, whether it be you know uh, Fireteam Majestic or do one of Palmer or well, in fact they already did one of Palmer, which is Spartan Assault, but they could do something more of a first-person shooter. There's so much more that they can do, but if they fail, and the, and, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, uh, I was just going to say onto that point. If they fail, I mean the fact that I think we've spoken about it so much. I mean Pod Tech have spoken about it so much is that 
if they really don't hit this out of the park, I think it's safe to say with that much competition out there, man, it's going to be hard to come back from. I mean, regardless. I yeah. mean, it's this is a must, must win, win situation that need to come through on. If they don't, then they're going to lose everything that Bungie established, for one. Yeah. And and so they're going to be blowing themselves out of any future profit or any future games that they could possibly make. Yeah. And you know you know what's sad about this is is Bungie is kind of laughing now. You know, they were able to split oh, away from yeah. Halo, the game that they made a complete success, uh, and they're able to laugh away at this now because they know that Destiny is, you know, by and large going to be a hit. Uh, the fact that they're able to put it out for both PlayStation and Xbox, they know that their numbers are going to be huge. Um, but, you know, Bungie has already established themselves as a premier uh, developer, you know, so they've already got their built-in fans. Um, and and already telling the fans that, you know, hey, this is a 10-year project, we're going to continue to develop it, and they've been very vocal about what the game's going to have, you know, what it, what's coming up, the kinds of things you're going to be able to do, the, the you know, the... Uh, accessor- accessibility to uh, you know areas, the the opportunity to change your character to, to you know all these things, you know the open world feeling of it, you know they've already been so open about it, and yet there's still so much to learn about it. But they've got people oh, John, excited John. about it, you know, because they've been very open about a lot of the things that's going to come come with this game. You know, that's another thing. Again. Three four three. You have to do that. You can't be so secretive. You you did that in the last game, and it you know people wanted to know more and kept begging you to know more about the game. And now we know that you couldn't say much more about it because you weren't finished with it, and that hurts. It hurts you and it hurts yeah. us as fans. It makes everybody kind of look foolish. Then you know, like you know, we wanted to know more and. Instead of them just saying, look, you know, we don't have more to give because we're not finished, you know? I mean, they couldn't say that. Exactly. I, I think um, I think Bungie established such a good job with getting our trust that even we haven't even played Destiny. There's no open beta as far as we know yet. Yeah. And we're already believing that they're going to knock it out of the park because they established that kind of trust. Right. Three for three haven't established our trust yet, and I'm scared that they never will because of the time lapse that they're putting into the next game. Yeah. That's what scares me the most. Yeah. So, you know, so getting back to this, because we kind of went off on tangent a little bit there. So getting back to what we were saying then, you know, with, with regards to, like, the comparisons with GTA V and Halo 4, if uh, if three four three doesn't learn something from the success of GTA five, you know the whether it be the the timetable of development or you know or the information it releases, if they don't learn something from that, um, and, and and make something of it, then uh, it's just going to hurt everybody. It'll hurt themselves. It'll hurt the community. It'll hurt the fan- the franchise. As I said before, I think I think uh, Rocks uh, now laid the blueprint for every successful possible game that, that is to come. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. I think Bungie will be looking at this, and they're, they're going along the same path as what 
is what um is what GTA has done. Mm-hmm. Good time cycle for for development, uh, good plot story. Been been in sort of the works for a long time. They haven't been shy about anything. They've already established trust with with their label and their brand that is Bungie. So yeah, I think I think the Rockstar set out now. They've they've laid the blueprint of three or three or even even the cult developers who release games every year. I mean, I've already heard from uh, different articles and, and read and watched like IGN videos saying, you know, people are getting bored of COD now. People yeah. need something new. And, and you uh, know what's going to do it? G- GTA 5? GTA 5 was the first salvo in this. Destiny is going to be the next huge salvo in this. And already, I think you mentioned it too, Titanfall is the next big one. Titanfall People are saying that it's kind of it feels like a mix of COD and Halo, but something different, and it's going to be the COD yeah. killer. Yeah, exactly, and that's that. There's so much coming out now, yeah. Uh, and with with uh, what's surprising, just I don't want to go off another tangent, but the very fact that they waited till the end of the 360 and PS3 life cycles to release GTA 5. And it still made a billion dollars. Yeah. What the hell? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Damn, you've got to be confident in your product to release at the end of a cycle. Right. And they and from what I understand, they're not going to release this for the Xbox One. So, you know, yeah. wow, that's a hell of a thing. And yet, it's a huge success. You know, I think what it is is exactly. you know they because of that long wait, people wanted it and they wanted something different. You know, is Halo becoming stale? A little bit, probably, and and it's only going to get worse if three four three doesn't knock this next one out of the park. As we keep saying, they've got to do something new and refreshing. Yet they still need to stay true to the true. core gameplay that made the success of the Halo franchise to begin with. You know, so they got to give us something new, but not so new that it changes the 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 core gameplay. You know, um, you know, I thought. Personally, I thought Spartan Ops was a, it was a good way to go, but they cut that after one season. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's not what we expected, you know? Firefight, they should have never taken that out. That should have been another game mode in here, you know? They gave us two discs, yep. for yep. God's sakes. You made us install one disc, and then we have another disc. So why couldn't you have just given us all that stuff on both discs, you know? Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Well, listen, man, we're, we're already in two, two hours and 40 minutes into this, so... Uh, we really should cut this. I know we we knew we were going to go a bit long because we were two weeks, uh, uh, you know, before we or since our last podcast. So uh, I think it's probably a good time for us to uh, uh, come to an end on this one. Uh, do you have any final thoughts? Yep. No, no. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I, I want to go back and play Halo Four, but at the same time, I'm just really enjoying GTA at the moment. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Yeah, but you know. I love my Halo, and I'll always be a Halo fan, and um, it'll never change. So let's just cross our fingers. Yeah. As, as we'll keep as we'll keep saying until they launch. That's I mean, right. That's, yeah. Some yeah. Right. I've All got, right. Then. I've got more to say about that before another cast. Oh yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> we're gonna keep having podcasts. So you know, this is by far and large. This is not the end. This is you know still very much the beginning. Uh, all right. Well, so. Uh, Martin, you want to plug your uh, Twitter stuff again? Hey, you might. So that you can follow me on the Halo Opinion. Um, once again, I, I post general Halo news and pictures and topics and, and uh, little bits and pieces of other stuff as well. But um, yeah, Halo Diehard. 
So, yeah, <laughs> All right. Well, uh, again, as you folks know, uh, you can always uh, check out my blog, HaloFanForLife.com. Uh, you know, we've got the podcast here, um, the Halo Ricochet League, the uh, Mac Rounds web series will be starting next month. Uh, I do hope to finally get the forums up and running here uh, within a week or so. Uh, but we've got a lot of stuff to offer, and I always invite you all to come and uh, check out the site, uh, read up on all the good Halo news uh, that I scour from all over the web. And uh, thank you very much for listening to this. Well, I know this is a long podcast. I hope you got through it all. And uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. And as always, uh, you know, just stay true to being a Halo fan. And we, <laughs> we are out of here.